Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. Also joining us is David. Hey, I am Windrunner. Welcome. We also got Ben. Hello, I am Overlord Jeebus. And do I do show and tell now or after? Show and tell now. Yeah. Show and tell now. So I finally finished collecting the the Mistborn 10 year British. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Jess has those. Yeah. 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 So this like, is the uh, these are the the, the ten year hardbacks that they released, which have got this nice. You can see shiny gloss to them. Uh, and only uh, through Golansk. Only through Golansk. So I think Euro- so. I guess European and thing, and I guess Australian yep. as well. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't then, realize uh, with a ten year. Like I I've seen them and have them, but I just thought, hey, look, pretty books, and didn't even think about when they could have potentially been released. I'm pretty sure they were to celebrate the ten year. Oh, uh, they were. Yeah, they were yeah. trust you on that. Wow. They definitely they, uh, have the ten year text inside for sure. Yeah, mm. and and uh, they fit. They didn't. So one of my main complaints about the the standard versions was that the Hero of Ages cover is just a zoomed in yep. version of the. Yep. And I think they've they've not they've kind of done it again, and I can't tell if it's a joke at this point because you've got Vin on the cover, but she's absolutely tiny. And then, well, and then uh, you've got Vin on the cover. At and least I'm like, that's like a very dramatic yeah. difference, right? Whereas yes, the, the yes. regular UK covers, it's literally like... It was like zoom, that. Yeah, it was and then the, it's the, just the like way bin. zoomed in and like you could really obviously tell, yeah. Yes. Cool. Are yours different colors, like slightly different colors? Because yes. I'll notice this, how like, I think as well of Ascension is very slightly different on the, the spine. And uh, now that she, uh, now that she's pointed it out, I can't not see it. Yeah, oh. I can yes. see that. Yeah, yeah, you can see how, yeah. And it really bothers me because Hero of Ages looks like the final empire. So clearly, at least it's symmetrical, you know, you got that going yeah. for you. Yeah, right. rather yeah, than just one being different uh, on the end, yeah. That's- yeah. Like they no, saw yeah. their problem and fixed it, but oh, guys. Yeah, but there's there's other differences like the the Brandon Sanderson the and the Final Empire is is gold, and then it's white yeah. on the. You can see it's not shiny; yeah. it's it's just white. Yeah, you'd really think that if it's uh, you know, it's like, like an anniversary thing that you'd have a <laughs> style, and you just keep doing that style. You just I don't know. To it, yeah. I swear to God, if Brandon starts changing styles for the Stormlight leather bounds, I will be upset. You you uh, will actually riot. I'll be a bit miffed. Just a bit miffed. Just a bit miffed. Don't do that. Don't do that, Specifically, so that they they wouldn't need to do that. Also joining us is Jess. Hey, hi, darling. Hello, I'm Lady Lameness. Hello. Uh, there. Also, those books that Ben was having is in the background of uh. Oh, hey, they totally are. I thought they were up with you, but yeah, yeah. we have them up there as well. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, they're nice. They're they're nice books. They'll be replacing the ones I had on the set before, the white ones. Nice. I'm happy. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we have like a nice bookcase downstairs that has all of the like actual nice hardcovers because everywhere outside of the US actually understands that a hardcover is meant to be a nice book and not just... (laughs) Just does not like dust covers. You really do not like dust. I've had some big rants about uh, American hardcover books. Let's say. Yeah. Well, we are not 
talking at all about Mistborn today. Not not even a little bit. Uh, but so there's your Mistborn, if you want. Uh, but what we are going to do, we realized we have never done an episode on Kaladin. So we should probably do an episode on Kaladin. So Rhythm of War spoilers, all Stormlight spoilers. Yup. And uh, we're, we're just... We're just going to go in it. And so maybe, I mean, we've talked a lot about Kaladin on the show, but not like a dedicated episode on Kaladin, right? <laughs> so what do you all feel about Kaladin in a general sense? Like, let's, let's start way back. What do you feel about Kaladin? He's all right. He's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> he is the eggsy sad boy with the tragic backstory hence i absolutely love him (laughs) he's the character i think about the least but when i'm reading the books he's probably the one i enjoy the most whenever i read it i'm like man kaladin's the dude and then like i'm all like we go to theorizing about shalan and dalinar When I first read Way of Kings, I had a lot of trouble getting into it because there's just such a learning curve at the start of the book. And it was Kaladin's storyline that dragged me through to a point where I could go, okay, I'm okay now. I know what's going on and have a vague understanding of who who was who in the main character list. But yeah, it was Kaladin's storyline that did that for me in Way of Kings. And if it hadn't been there, if I hadn't connected with it so well, I don't know if I could have pushed through that book. Yeah, I feel like Shalon is more interesting to theorize about because there's still so many mysteries. Whereas like Kaladin, there, there's not more mysteries about his past. I mean, there's like some stuff with Terra. We don't know about some of the slaves that he freed, other than what about he, his mom? Well, <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. Great. That's true. Yeah. Asina's great, but like that's Asina not a mystery is about. So great, fair, yeah. Mm. It's like, fair, fair. We under like the things we don't know about Kaladin aren't the important thing. Oh, for sure. Like yes, like. There's more about Tara. There's more about his time in slavery. But like those aren't super like we know the things we need to know to understand Kaladin's character. We got the full mysteries about like who he is. It's not like Dalinar or Shalom where we had to find out more about their past. Kaladin's flashbacks are great and give him a backstory. But uh, yeah, we pretty much know who he is up front from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody's looking for a novella about the previous nine slavery escape attempts from Kaladin. <laughs> Stormlight 0.5. That sounds so depressing. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be rough. I Personally, I like very similar to Jess, like really, really connected with Kaladin as a character reading Way of Kings the first time and was definitely the character I was most interested in reading about. And and then I learned that he they were like, okay, he's not going to be the mainest main character for the rest of the series. And I did not like that. But fortunately, he still secretly was kind of the main character. Yeah. No, don't tell them that. <laughs> we'll get all of the hate. I mean, I, yeah, he's definitely had big arcs in really everything except Oathbringer. Like he didn't 
get an ideal in Oathbringer. And so we needed to deal with that in Rhythm of War, right? But he mm-hmm. almost got one. So I, I really wouldn't say that he didn't get a big arc in Oathbringer because I yeah. think he completely did. It may not have been as many words, but... Well, his his arc in Oathbringer is still really distinct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was... Yeah. His Oathbringer arc was a failure arc. It was a, mm-hmm. I mean, just like a lot of the characters, like Shalan as well, as well. It would they had a lot of trying to do things and failing. And, yeah. and yeah, yeah. It's like Stormlight is like is an ensemble cast, very much. But if you had to boil it down to who is the main character, it, it is Kaladin based off of how everything has been structured, the yeah. amount of time he's gotten, and which it, you kind of need that for even large en- ensemble shows. Like, we, we need the anchor point, and yeah. Kaladin is the anchor point for... Swear no, save the day. Wishman. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've only ever seen one show that actually started like that. It had the anchor point um, and then that person left and it actually fell into a really nice rhythm where there wasn't really an anchor point anymore and it was just an ensemble show. And it was fascinating to see because they clearly weren't going for that initially. And yeah, I'd see it's Criminal Minds. Uh, it's the only show I've seen that has <laughs> had, actually made that work. I had a different show in mind. I was thinking Orange is the New Black, where after the main character was basically dropped because every other side character is way more interesting. I've heard that right, about I that mean, show. You're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. think I ever got to that point, but yeah. yeah. But it's it definitely harder to do that than... Oh, very much so. Been. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe back half Calden's not going to be the guy, you know? I uh, would really enjoy that. As much as I like Kaladin, I am kind of ready for Kaladin to actually take the backseat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think whatever conflicts he has going forward after book five are going to have to be something very different. Like where it can't be Kaladin powers up and overcomes a personal difficulty and <laughs> wins the fight. Like it's got like Kaladin's yeah. got to have a different yeah. sort of challenge going yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaladin yeah. just like really throws himself into be like a good therapist and like restructuring psychology on Roshar. And we just see him in the background occasionally like doing his thing, walking around with his patients, having a good time. And that's it. Like that, that's his story from then on out. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. so many we'll of my Phil, too. Yeah, Sil too, yeah, the yeah. problem is we'll lose Sill as well. <laughs> well, um, lose Sill as so, his wife. Yeah. <laughs> so so many of my book five theories have Kaladin not making it to the back five, either oh. because he dies or he becomes a herald and is just missing for the vast majority of the second half. I mean, half, that would solve like the that. problem. He is not the guy uh, if yeah. that happens. And so in my head, I'm just kind of like, I think it's, I f- almost feel it's more likely he won't even make it to the second half than him taking a backseat. Mm. But that'll be very, that'll be a bold choice to have like the, the main character of your series just uh, disappear halfway through. Oh. But it is convenient if Brandon can do that because it does yeah. kind of solve this problem. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I also kind of agree. I think he's going to die. But at the same point, like, I think that is a little cliche 
because it feels like it'd be like Kaladin reaches the fifth earth, whatever that is, and like heroic noble sacrifice, and then he's dead. And yeah, Brad is very good at spinning the cliche and making it good. It's just hard for me to think about it now without feeling disappointed that yes. that's the way Brandon would go. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's knowing from a meta perspective that at one point Brandon was planning for Kaladin to get two flashback books. Yeah. That's <laughs> really? what he, he was he briefly mm-hmm. said that in Way of Kings is like, well I don't have another one planned, but maybe I can fit another one in. Things yeah, like which that. Which I was there for at the yeah, time. Like, before like we really got the concrete like these are the 10 flashback sequences there was a wide variety of possibilities including Kaladin getting a second book so it's like knowing that but it's like okay like that's not happening would Kaladin still have been alive for that book I don't know Mm. like it's the weird wibbly wobbly timey wimey what could have been how does that translate mm-hmm. to what will be given yeah. the flashbacks and rhythm of war like you know they were pretty good i hope brennan doesn't really go for a dead character flashback arc again like it, it was fine but there was a certain amount of tension lost in terms of us knowing ash and i was dead <laughs> like and i see that as a common opinion that people have where they're just like like i enjoyed them for what they were but there are people who are like there was a lot of time spent on a character that has no literally no future in this story. Yeah. Uh, I think it also hurt because we got like Brandon moved a lot of the listener stuff to words of radiance. Uh, and like originally the flashback, the fourth flashback book was going to like delve into that culture. So it like just wasn't as revelatory in many ways. Um, it took a lot I, of the wind out of the sails yeah. with it. Like I, I think it made a great difference in words of radiance, but it came at the expense of these. Oh, rhythm of one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there was a, there was a few reasons why those Ish and I and Bentley flashbacks were as good um, as the previous ones, and I, I hope he's he's kind of learned those lessons and won't do something similar where it's it's a character who's we've already explored a lot of, um, like you know if. Yasna dies in like book six and it's like okay cool we don't know anything about her uh, you know her, her previous life but like yeah that could be cool right yeah. or like a herald yeah. if a herald dies and still seeing the flashbacks will be awesome yes. right yes. like yeah, it, it just would yeah. be like, really sweet that said yeah. I do still want heralds to be heraldy so it's like uh I at least want one herald who's alive who we see herald flashbacks and then they're awesome right <laughs> Luckily, we got two. So yeah, you can, right. You can kill, kill one. one. Uh, Easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I want Kalak flashbacks. That's what I really want yeah. now. The rhythm of war. I'm like, oh my god, that guy's amazing. I oh, love Kalak's him. Great. So, what did you think of Kaladin specifically in Rhythm of War? Because this this is the time when we're recording this. Maybe maybe cute after book five, where it's like, let's do Ka- a Kaladin podcast again. I'm sure that'll happen, but uh. At least it'll be more self-contained. We're like, okay, we don't have to touch the other four books yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah. Fifth book, let's go. Yep. So how how's Rhythm of War Kaladin for you guys? It was tough. Yep. It was. Because like I'm I don't have depression. I'm a lot like Brandon where I don't really have the low lows right. or the super high highs. 
I'm just like fine most of the time. So Kaladin has been very interesting to read about from the depression angle. And it's this book is really shows when you're in a dark place, just how dark it can be and how difficult that can be. Yeah. And you just have to keep going and how hard that is. Mm-hmm. Which could be kind of a double edged sword in that, you know, mm-hmm. it's I I enjoy and appreciate that Brandon portrays that like that side of things. And I understand why it might get a little bit uh, either difficult or tiresome for some people. And even as somebody who relates a lot of the time with Calden struggles, there are times where I'm like, could this have been condensed or could this have the same impact have been reached in potentially a denser like section of Calden chapters? Cause he did get a lot still, even given that it was Navani's book really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, mm. he had a big arc in rhythm of war and no doubt it was Navani and Calden and almost to Venley's expense in a, in a, mm. in a way, but yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. When it comes to his, his depression stuff. So I'm also the same as in I, I I've never had depression or anything like that. Um, but what I found is that it's the when I first read Way of Kings, I didn't even notice he had depression. I'd have it pointed out to me. Like I was just like, oh man, that, that guy that guy's sad a lot. <laughs> um, but and so having it, what I like is that it keeps coming back, but. You know, portraying that way that depression doesn't just go away. It hasn't got a quick fix. It's something that stays with you. From a narrative perspective, it affects him in different ways in certain situations, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. So the, his goals that he had in Rhythm of War were uniquely affected by that in ways that he hadn't been affected. Well, it was kind of similar to the Slay stuff in Way of Kings. But seeing the growth of Kaladin from that Way of Kings guy to how he's reacting to these kind of similar situations in rhythm of war it's like you know he gets up and he, he always is the guy who gets up but like in rhythm of war he doesn't have anyone and he still gets up and goes out and does what he needs to do mm-hmm. yeah that's, um i really liked him in oh, york yeah that's a really interesting point ben because it is kind of like the slave stuff uh but it occurs to me like we never really dealt with Kaladin's depression. It's just he was no longer a bridge man or a slave, and then other stuff happened for a while, and so we never really... He never really truly dealt with that, and so that's what this book is, right? In actually yeah. dealing with that uh, in a very dark situation, right? One of the scenes that really jumps out to me in regards to Kaladin finally having to deal with this is the one where Dalinar basically lets him go as a soldier and has to say, like, you need to step back. And I think that that's a really good uh, collumation of everything that's happened up to this point because they've been in this war, this situation where you just have to keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And now that they've finally got a bit of a reprieve, Kaladin actually needs to deal with this. And I love that Dalinar can see that. And it makes so much sense. Like he's been doing this for so long that of course he's going to notice it, but he noticed when he needed to step in as well. So it, yeah, it makes sense to me that Kaladin hasn't really dealt with his depression up till now, um, but is now being forced to actually confront something that he's had since childhood and never, 
worked on or worked towards trying to help himself or develop coping mechanisms because his coping mechanisms are real bad yeah. <laughs> like really bad yeah. like oh gosh there's like this scene in Oathbringer where he it is like almost in awe of Shalon being able to suppress oh words in words of radiance yeah 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 mm-hmm. I thought that she was smiles anyway. It's and, involved, actually. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, oh no, Kaladin, no, that's so bad for you. Please do not follow Shalon's examples here. <laughs> the worst she needs to work on her own coping mechanisms. <laughs> don't, don't like take her bad it's habits. Like, I'm, from I'm her. taking notes on Shalon. It's like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I really liked Kaladin's portrayal of depression in this book because. I mean, depression affects different people differently. And this was the first book for me where Calden's depression really matched like my experiences with depression. Because my experiences with depression, it's very linked with suicidal ideation. And that doesn't happen for everyone. Uh, I, I would not wish it on anyone. It's not, it's not fun. Like Calden didn't really have that too much in the earlier books. Like there was Honor Chasm. But like, it, I, I guess just the way it was written, it didn't like speak to me as much as uh, in Rhythm of War, where really like, uh, like feeling the void. Thank you, Brandon, for a great description of the void that it's like, well, that fits depression real well. Um, it's just an endless void that you can't get out of, really. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Rhythm of War really worked for me. And like seeing the scene with Tien at the end was just so emotional to me. It's like, well, you're you're not perfect, but you're good enough for me, right? And like that's that's one of those things as a a, a depressed individual that like someone can say to you, no, you are good enough for me. And it's like, it is so hard to actually internalize that that is true. Right. Because you're with depression, your brain is essentially lying to you and whispering things to you that are false, that you're worthless and things and that you can't do it. And what's the point of moving on? Right. Uh, So that scene was very powerful for me. Uh, So it's like a great way of like using the magic to deal with this real world issue. And it definitely clicked for me much better than Calden did in the past. And Brandon's saying, Oh, yeah, a lot of people like get Kaladin's depression and they think it's great representation. And before Rhythm of War, I would say it's like, well, that doesn't match my experience. Like, totally great if that, you know, fit great for you, of course. Mm-hmm. But this was the book where it really fit well for me. And uh, I really, really, really liked Kaladin's arc because of it, though it is very dark and difficult to read, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, for some people, like, it might hit too close to home yeah yeah and so like that yes it's very good but for somebody going through that not everybody wants yeah. to experience that in their so it it, yeah. it is a give and take it's like it's very accurate which is either a good thing or a bad thing if you're going through that it's like ah oh, i don't know if you're gonna like this book <laughs> like uh. it, it's okay to take a pause. It's okay to put a book down and come back to it a little later. Yep. But, Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I watched a video essay on YouTube. I've 
couple of months ago and it's deals with mental health and media and ever ever since we've decided yes we're going to do this uh episode like oh god i can't wait to bring this video essay up uh it's by hello future me who actually does a lot of um community mental health work and he goes through the idea of different audiences and Watching this video, I was definitely like, oh, this makes so much sense in like Rhythm of War and the reactions we've had. And he talks about how there's often two different types of audiences that you're uh, trying to talk to, um, sometimes just one, sometimes the other, but they're normally both still there. One of them is people who generally don't deal with mental illness issues. And the goal in that case is you're trying to inform them, you're trying to give them information on this is what it could be like. And then you have the other audience that does um, deal with mental health issues and you're trying to give them something that they can relate to, whether it be characters or situations so that they can feel seen in the media that they are reading, watching, whatever. And problems often arise when you've got these two groups, but you're only trying to really cater to one of them. And I think Brandon actually falls a bit more in the middle where he's trying to cater to people who don't have mental health issues and give them information, but also give people characters that are realistic enough that they can relate to themselves. And I think Rhythm of War, there, there seems to have been two different reactions that I've seen to Rhythm of War. There's people who don't have mental health issues, but think Rhythm of War got too dark and and tough or to get along through. the lines yeah it's like i don't want to read this this isn't fun but then of course you've got people who do deal with this it's like well this is what it's like this is realistic but it's almost too realistic yeah and when as a piece of media we're consuming like as a, i would fall into that group that's not had to deal with mental health issues and is, is learning about these things and as it sometimes could fall a bit too much into that i've bought this media to consume because I wanted to, to I want to enjoy it and I'm not enjoying it because it gets it's it's not that it gets dark it's like it, it's because uh, I, I don't I don't mind things that get dark or things that get sad or get upsetting because you know it's why I'm in there but sometimes it can just get too much it gets too deep into that and then yeah and that's when it starts being like I'm like am I really enjoying this you know and so and and there's hmm. lots of reviews and YouTube comments on our video that's like I had to push to get through Rhythm of War, and I feel like that's mm. that audience because yeah. Rhythm of War with both Calden and Shalon uh, really deals with that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's like yeah. the scene um, after Kaladin gets let go and he's uh, like goes back to his bedroom and is just kind of sitting there and breaks down. I really struggled to read that scene because it was too much as someone who does deal with mental health issues, like that was too much for me to read and it hit too close to home. And I remember thinking when I read it, it was like, if this, if this book is going to have multiple scenes like this, then I don't know if I can finish it. And mm. it was fine for me in the end, but there are definitely people out there who have had a lot of trouble reading through rhythm before because of how bad it gets for Kaladin and just how how much that hits a nerve for people. How, how raw that gets, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. 
it's like usually with depression your your brain is lying to you and you you feel this horrific weight on you in calvin's case it's literally like the weight of your and the entire world because if your <laughs> falls it's literally the weight of the world so yeah it is totally understandable that's like yeah this is uh rough even even if you've like dealt with mental illness that might strike a nerve if you haven't dealt with mental illness it's like this is a lot and uh yes can confirm it is a lot yes that is totally tr- true and i do have like a, a criticism but not criticism because it's all messy and hard and there isn't a solution to how to write mental illness in books but this is another thing that hello future me brings up is you have to try and balance realism with information with a good story and something that comes up a lot is this idea of the getting better arc and kaladin's going through this shallan's going through this where their story is about them getting better and it's probably going to end there like they're still going to have their issues but it's okay now you're doing xyz uh and you're better than before and that's it that's done but that's not how it works and that's not what people go through most of the time some people do and that's really good for them but a lot of the time it's the one step forward two steps back or like really struggling to move forward to they go further back than you were before it's a lifelong struggle and but that doesn't make a good story and brandon at the core of it is trying to tell good stories so there's there's also like this weird criticism not not criticism there of whether this is realistic enough that in that sense that people will actually connect to it because people don't just get better and that's not how it works Mm -hmm. but brandon's also not just catering to people with mental illness he has to Mm -hmm. Try and he also has to provide a piece of entertainment, you know, yes. to people giving him I, money. Yeah, that's interesting. You, you say that because I feel like a lot of the criticisms I see are people who are saying like, "Oh, well, he should be, he should have gotten over it by now." And people are saying, yeah. "No, yeah. what Brandon is portraying is people not getting better right away." Yeah, and I guess I would say that, uh, like, my hope and expectation for Calden is not that, like, the promise at the end will be like, "Oh, Calden and Calden lived happily ever after, having conquered his depression and PTSD." But Kaladin continues to struggle and will like use his new tools, but hopefully his darkest days are behind him and then he'll never quite hit yeah. this low again yeah. while continuing to struggle. Yeah, various that's, points. that's just what, that's I, what was I would thinking. like to see. He, like he can still have scenes where it's like, well, things suck right now, but uh, but we as a reader can be like, well, at least it's not like this other time. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to like learn some healthy coping mechanisms and build up a support network and he's getting there and like i think adeline does so much for him yeah. in those really dark times and that's what he needs so mm. that's what i want for him just like build a good mental health toolbox kaladin and shalon that is 
perfectly described by like the first ideal journey before destination it's not reaching about reaching that point of like he's better now it's continuing along that path of becoming better of Mm. yeah taking the next step taking the next step like finding the coping mechanisms that work actually work for him there's not like an end building like Mm. it's always putting the next step forward and yeah when you think about it like that i don't think brandon's gonna fall into the trap of like kaladin's just all better and we never need to see it ever again and that will probably annoy some people right like that will Mm. annoy some readers who are like really tired of reading about calvin's depression um and like though i get that uh at least with me being uh you know having mental health like hopefully you like Kaladin enough that it's enough for you to push through because you're probably gonna meet people who you might really care about who it's yeah it's really hard to be with them for a long time but you you need to be as supportive as you can i mean obviously calvin's not a real person so that doesn't really matter if you're not enjoying a piece of media it's okay to put it down it's okay i just wanted to give a recommendation to a lot of john green's books if people are looking for a story that is about someone who has mental health issues and like that's what the story is about and it's like really trying to cater towards the group of people who could relate to this person and particularly his most recent one tattles all the way down uh deals with a girl who has ocd and john green also has ocd so a lot of it is his experiences and it's both a really fascinating look into a mental health condition that uh often gets mischaracterized but he does a very good job at portraying what it's actually like. And even with someone, even as someone who doesn't have OCD and has other issues, like I really appreciated reading that book. So just wanted to give a shout out to great author, John Green. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty good. You know, that reminds me. Yeah. He's, he sponsored us on the podcast before. No, that was, that, was, that was his brother. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, well, still, regardless, thanks to them. Thank they're both. I mean, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they co-run the company. So yeah. technically. Yeah. You know, Jess, that reminds me because you were just saying, oh, uh, John Green struggles with this and, uh, you know, put that in the book. I got to give props to Brandon. For someone who doesn't deal with depression, he did a damn good job of doing that. And that cannot be your cup of tea. And I think that's reasonable to a point, uh, you know, but damn, he really uh, did that well. He said that, oh, his wife struggles with that. So, yeah, I I think he real really nailed portraying depression. Uh, Mm. And because it is so well done, then that's what can make it exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to some right mm-hmm. like yeah and and we're talking a lot about the depression here but i think it's accurate to say that Keldon also does have ptsd which is yeah oh a yeah absolutely. combo for mm. somebody who's already dealing so with so much yeah. and it's nice that you know there is a book about you know the apocalypse in a sense right and it's like yeah no our characters are not okay <laughs> we are not yeah. okay <laughs> we've gone through a lot and even before the true desolation started calvin was not okay he is not okay at all mm-hmm. 
It's like prior to Rhythm of War, uh, Kaladin has, and it's not called this anymore, but uh, closer to what used to be described as melancholy, where it is more of that low mood without necessarily like the major downward depressive episode swings. Right. And I think it is the PTSD that really starts kicking in and combining with the underlying issues that he already has that starts making it so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally understandable if you you were a reader and you did not like Rhythm of War because of that. Uh, the reason why I said up to a point is that there are also other people who are like, oh, just get over it, Cal. And it's like, oh, <sighs> that is not a realistic portrayal of how this works. Like, just it just is not. And I think yeah. that's what Brandon's trying to combat with these books as well. It's like, well, no, that's not how it works. Here is information on how it works. And here is a portrayal. Yeah. Kaladin has Stormlight. Stormlight isn't going to fix that because that's yeah. not how depression works. Yeah. Yeah. I love the conversation with Teft at the end of Oathbringer. And this is more about Teft than Kaladin, but right. how he finally acknowledges it's like, well, being a Knight's Radiant, saying these ideals, it's not going to fix my problems. And Kaladin responds with, no, it won't. Mm-hmm. Journey before mm-hmm. destination. Like there isn't, yeah. there isn't a magical solution. That would be nice if there was, but there isn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. it. It's funny. I would really love in the real life if there was a magical cure of depression. But <laughs> if I was reading a story, I probably wouldn't like to actually read about in a fantasy world. Like Brandon could have made Stormlight heal that, but he chose not to, and that is probably for the best. To make it yeah. just feel more real. Mm. And I really do love that scene with Adolin and Kaladin at the beginning. That, so good. I think yes. part, part one, Kaladin was, I really enjoyed reading. I think that was part one. They, they go back yeah. to yeah. part one. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, so that part one, Kaladin, I think is, is my favorite part of Kaladin's story in the in Rhythm of War, because it is just that um, initial, it's the initial fight, and then it's him going back, and it's him being told by Dalinar, hey, you need to you need to take a step back and he hits that and then Adolin comes along and I'm like it's one of my favorite it's pretty much one of my favorite uh, scenes in the book is like it sticks out in my mind as like such a good character moment for both of them um because it shows it shows Adolin as a character and it shows Kaladin's learning that you know when Adolin says you tell me that like you're okay to be alone right now and Nick Kaladin just he, he can't because he knows he knows he shouldn't be. And <laughs> yeah, so he's right. like, let's let's go get a drink. Yep. Come on. Oh, like, let's go to the pub. The pub let's go to the pub. Everything. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone ben, needs an Adolin in their life. Then that that <laughs> scene. Though. <laughs> that scene is so real for, for anyone struggling with depression because it's like depressed people is like, oh, I'm fine. You know? And, and then hmm. it, when someone like actually gets is like no, no, no. I know Are you not. fine? And it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not fine. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, that is very realistic right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such and a good scene. While we're talking about part one, I do, I do really like, you know, whatever you end up thinking of it, I think it's a bold decision from Brandon to take what is our action hero prime character and go, we're pulling you off the front lines. And it's undone mm. a little bit with the fact that he still has to do a ton of fighting after that. <laughs> But, <laughs> yeah, uh, but like the promise at the end is that Kaladin 
is heading towards a point of in time where he's not going to be a fighter anymore. And I like that's something I've not seen in a story with Calden like characters before. There's never been a moment where they're like, and actually this wasn't healthy for them and they needed to be done with this. Yeah, seriously though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's bringing back like he was trained as a surgeon. Mm-hmm. He just, but happens to be very good at killing people. And mm. it's interesting, like having this conversation, like, in terms of Kaladin being a real person, but also like, and part of that I definitely think was in Brennan's head, but part of it is also the writerly is like, oh, Brennan had to take Kaladin off the front line so he could be an so he could be a, your theory to fight more. Weird, like, there's multiple reasons why these things are happening, and it's it's not. I don't know. It always makes almost makes me sad that there are these other reasons. Where it's like, oh, it's not just because Dalinar knows like Calden can't be on the front lines. It's because Brandon knew he had that, to do it. He had to be in. So it's just like, yeah. these aren't real people. So it's like, oh. <laughs> I guess he still could have like been like, Calden, you are Navani's protector, though. Or like he could have come up with a different justification for leaving Calden behind That's if he had so true. wanted to. Mm. Yeah. And. Yeah. And I, I thought. Uh, Kaladin not being like a soldier in part two when he's back with Liren. Oh boy, we gotta talk about him and Liren. <laughs> yes, like, we do. Those those part two scenes aren't fun. Kaladin is not enjoying himself doing this. We see him care a lot more about you know the the people who do have mental health issues rather than being a surgeon with Liren. Uh, and so it was just a very interesting way to do it. And even though part of it is, oh, Brandon wanted Kaladin in the tower for, you know, to, to save everyone in the end. At the same time, it does make it a lot more compelling that he wasn't just like, in the soldiery area, like fighting back against the initial invasion. And that's that's just not what happened at all with Kaladin. Like he was trying to not fight. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was uh, a, it just made things very tense that he like didn't have support from the other uh, soldiers and also, you know, just didn't die like in the initial assault. So that, that was also nice. But immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder where Brandon's going with Kaladin's character for the next book because the next book seems very short timeline wise uh, with the 10 days thing and it it very much felt like Brandon was setting up for Kaladin to move back to that surgeon role and away from being a soldier long term but that doesn't seem like it's possible in the next book and we were talking before it's like well what if Kaladin just dies in the next book and it just it doesn't i don't think it's a dropped thread but it feels like an almost uh like a disappointment to put this forward as another potential and then not continue through with it long term so maybe if he does live he definitely goes back to being a surgeon which would be, kind of be nice or at least mm-hmm. a mental health surgeon you know like yeah. he's a therapist like, or something yeah i think my opinion on that jess will be it'll be a lot dependent on how much of what dalinar said to Kaladin at the end of the book is true and like if a lot of Kaladin is Kaladin trying to help ishar and doing stuff with that then i could i'd be like okay that's still really Kaladin doing what he said he was going to do but 
if it's a lot of Calden goes, ah, he's crazy, and then he has to fight a bunch of the Shin, like, yeah. probably less so. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so tricky. I love that he's going to Shinova with Zeth. I'm like, so excited. I'm yeah. so excited by that. I just, I wish Lyft was along for the ride as well. Because yes. that oh, would yeah. be incredible. Hey, she still could. She still could. Yeah. She could sneak in That's last what, minute. That's totally up, a Lyft thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> He, he, I distinctly remember we were trying to do rhythm, uh, Stormlight 4 predictions because we didn't know it was rhythm anymore. And I think we said, Oh, yeah, they're gonna try and take back a left car and who to send? Well, the two best fighters, Calden and Zeth. And I'm like, I'm actually really excited that we're at least still getting. <laughs> There would be that, such a conflict there. I, oh, I can't so wait good. to see their interactions. <laughs> yeah, go go I, do some mental health for yeah. Zeth, too, because he really needs it. <laughs> he like, really wow. needs it. <laughs> Holy uh, crap. I can imagine them, they just fly into shit, and then uh, Khaled is like, Zeth, do you want to talk about anything that's happened to us in the last couple of years? And Zeth's just like, no. For the next several days, please. Calden's uh, <laughs> like, did I kill you or did you fall into the hive storm? I don't remember. <laughs> if 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 listeners, if you don't know, uh Brandon changed the ending of Words of Radiance. Originally, uh Calden sliced off his hands so that Zeth would drop the honor blade and fall. Other way around. Other way around. Oh, the other way around? He slices, yeah, originally he sliced his just in through the body and killed him immediately. Oh, right, okay. And I in the see. new version, he quickly diverts his body right, and just yeah. slices his arm. Yeah. That, that would be Which, funny if Brandon could make a meta joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want to see what Keldon thinks about Zeth, because that's my frustration yeah. with Zeth, is that Zeth is this person who slaughtered the entire world and is just living there now, and everyone's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Yeah, like, what does he think? Is he like okay with it? Navani is yeah. not okay with it at all, except for the end of Oathbringer. But she's <laughs> yeah. like, "You can guard me. It's okay." Yeah, it, yeah, that's never quite resolved. Just kind mm. of left. Yeah, we, you know what we got to do? We got to do a Zeth podcast because that that has been on that has been on our list since Oathbringer. We just haven't done. We'll it. put Alex on that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I hope before book five's plot kicks in that we get some just Zeth and Kaladin like trying to bond or just Bad something, thought. you know, where we're getting, you know, we set up how they actually feel about each other. Because honestly, I couldn't tell you how Kaladin feels about Zeth all the other way around. I, I he probably doesn't like him very much he, 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 either way. He going I don't either think way, it's like um, super positive, all things considered. It's, it's, you know, but is it like, does he think about him often or does he just kind of, you know, is does he worry that the assassin in white is sitting in the tower of Ethereal all this time? And like, does it play on the back of his mind? It's never mentioned. So I don't know how Kaladin feels about Zeth, so... Oh, Ben, you saying all of that has just immediately triggered the shipping part of my brain and everything you just said <laughs> laid the foundation for like Kaladin Zap as a ship. So thank you for that. No problem. <laughs> there, there is a kind of a little moment at the end of Oathbringer. I would say where there's like a little of the sibling rivalry thing where Seth, I feel like, gets sent to go deal with the King's Drop, and he's like. I guess Kaladin's protecting him. And he's just kind of like, okay, well, I just swore to follow Dalinar, but Kaladin's got it. <laughs> that, that, is, that is funny. That, that's very believable for how Zeth would, uh, you know, react to Kaladin. But 
we gotta get Kaladin's feels on Zeth because Zeth killed members of Bridge Four, and typically Kaladin doesn't like people who do that. Mm -hmm. Historically yeah. speaking, um, it's like Mart or Eth, one of the two. I don't remember the yeah. the, the ones Please. that were introduced in Words of Radiance to die. Yeah, like he sliced Hobber's legs, and Kaladin then had to like see Hobber deal with being, you know, disabled for months. You know, this is it's, it was one of his men, and yeah, he's probably not very happy with him. I I'm really excited to see that. Like, like I can't imagine it's going to be like a super positive experience. Like, Zeph will probably mm. be like, "Well, I do it. I'm told that's what I'm doing. That's what that sounds like." <laughs> by the way, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact that it's Skybreaker vs. Windrunner. Oh mm. yeah, that, that's good on like oh. a meta <gasps> level too. Sil, yeah, yeah. Sil is going to have some opinions on the high spread. I'm oh sure. yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Wonder if we'll actually like meet Seth's high spread because I don't even I don't think we have a name no, for them yet. He we has not need, chosen yeah. to share his name or bless Seth with his name. Or I even a regular was. shard blade is like, what is going on with that? We got to get all that. Would he even use a regular shard blade? Like, I feel like the high spren would just be like, yeah, use Nightblood. Then I don't have to like come <laughs> into <what>? the <laughs> physical realm and be handled by you. That, that is mm. probably... Uh, a great point that if you're any spren who bonds Zeth, this is the one spren in the world who'd be like, you know what? You swore the right ideal, but I'm not going to be a blade for you. Like, I'm never doing that. That thing can destroy me. Nope. I'm out. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also just can't wait to see the like more people interacting with Nightblood as well. Yeah. And yeah. particularly Syl. Like, I want to oh, yeah. see just how yeah, yeah, much yeah. Syl does not like Nightblood, because oh, I yeah. do not think she will. Really? I think Syl will find Nightblood. Syl, like, Syl could like Nightblood's time. personality, maybe. Yes. Oh, she'll probably be a bit scared of him when she hears what he could potentially do, but do they know what he could potentially do? I mean, they don't know that they Are. killed Odium. No. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we as the readers know that, so we're like, oh, yeah. that's not good. Like, but they, they don't know that they will tell anyone about that. Mm. Yeah, but, but it's not just he, the... he didn't really mm. know that he was killing Odium, right? Like, mm -hmm. Zeth mm. didn't really know what exactly No, because happened. Seth was not drawn into the vision. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because Nightblood was there... Nightblood got pulled in. Yeah. yeah. But will Nightblood say anything? I think Nightblood, when he's had a big meal, forgets kind of what's Oh, uh, that is true. Yeah. yeah. He has like memory issues he, when he's He could eating a say, lot. though, that he's like, he ate a lot. I had a really big meal. Like so, something like that, right? Like, where it's like, destroyed lots of evil. Where, where it's yeah. like just like an allusion to that event, but like the character's like, I, I don't know what that means, Nightblood. I was like, yeah. great, good for you, buddy. Uh, I don't know. But, oh man. I hope it was tasty. Mm. I, yeah. I, yeah, I hope so too. Like, I, I don't even know if he remembers that much. I don't know because I, I feel like after like one of him it being drawn was like not believing. Can't remember where it was. Not oh. believing like that they got he got fed so much that like I think nah, was that didn't happen. I think that was in the pure like when Seth used him to kill that guy, the jailer, and, and Nightblood was like, "Did you draw me? I don't remember that." 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you did all those Skybreaker Alkalite articles, <laughs> David. <laughs> Warren. Yeah. yeah. I do want to steer a bit back to Kaladin because there, there's oh, a lot yeah, to talk about with Zeth. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we haven't talked about Zeth either. Uh, I think we've just procrastinated doing main characters because it's like, oh man, there's so much to talk about, but how to how do we talk about it? So uh, I, yeah. let, let's steer a bit back towards surgery and Lyran because uh, there's another thing that I liked about Rhythm of War and that Kaladin finally gets to interact with Lyran on a, uh, you know, philosophical level. Like that's that's kind of what was set up in Way of Kings and that was never dealt with, was dealt with here. I'm like, yes, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about that for a long time, saying that this had to happen at some point. It, it had, it had to, right? So, what, what did you guys think about Kaladin and Liren? I was so furious with Liren at the mm-hmm. end of the part two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like blind rage. It's just like <laughs> no, like because up until that point, I'm like Liren's not that bad a dad. Like, yeah, sure, he's not great, but like <laughs> he's he's not top tier bad dad in the cause mm. that i'm just like no like you, <sighs> you cannot tell someone you are not my son like that is just never the thing to say it, yeah. yeah how much you disagree with them yeah yeah it's fair it's fair it's just like that, that's like seriously screwed up i'm like no kaladin is the one that's in the right yeah, it's, it's for me. It's like how Liren's always had this philosophy on life um, that I can see the points to, but <laughs> generally disagree with. Um, but no matter what, but like in in my head, I'm like, okay, so this philosophy. But surely, when presented with a real realistic scenario where your philosophy isn't going to work out well, like you know, the end of the world is literally happening, and people who want to come genocide you, <laughs> maybe don't stick to your I'm going to help everyone and never harm anyone philosophy. Um, but then, then he made it, but when he, like when he stuck by that, I was annoyed at him. And then he made it personal when he said to Kaladin, you are not my, that's when yeah. you're bringing in. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, nah, I'm going to swear F- that dude, F- that guy. It's just, nah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's fair. Yeah. The thing that got me, it's not just that scene, but the fact that he's so stubborn mm-hmm. that he held that, like those thoughts and that anger for so much of the book, including when Kaladin was literally dying and he refused to go help him. And it was only because his wife is the purest cinnamon roll to exist. Cena's great. And also, it's like, well, no, I'm going to go save our son because how dare you <laughs> that Lyra then decided is like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be such an ass. <laughs> like, that's what gets me. It's like, dude, you, you're going on. Like, you went on in Earthbringer about how you lost both of your sons and you've gotten one back and he's tried to create this relationship with you and you just keep pushing him away until you really like completely shove him across the room away like really far that you won't even consider saving his life 
what is wrong with you? Hmm. Like, it, in Liren's defense, like, it, Kaladin did just straight up murder a guy in, well, not murder, but rules of combat aside. Yeah, like, he killed, killed the guy. Killed the guy, like, <laughs> in a surgery. So, like, it, it was abrupt, but still, like, Liren could have reacted to that slightly better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. More than slightly. <laughs> I'm going to come in as a Liren defender here. Not too strongly, but an intermediate okay. Liren defender. <laughs> just just for too. the sake of fun. I will say that I think that I have a, I come from lucky enough to have like a very unconditional love family. So I do not believe Liren is doing a good job as a father here. <laughs> totally agree. Uh, I... Liren and Kaladin are so, so similar, and their only difference is whether or not they believe that a person can take a life. And there's a great moment in part two when, like, right after Kaladin kills that guy, and Liren, like, screams at him, I swore oaths. And that's Kaladin. Like, he swore an yeah. oath to do no mm -hmm. harm. And if in an, a different world where Kaladin is protecting someone and Liren thinks, oh, no, we have to sacrifice this person for the greater good. Kaladin would have a very similar response, I think. Mm. And so, and I also will say that Liren was just kind of, when they asked him to come heal Kaladin, I believe he was pouting a little bit because his scene is like, are you really not going to go get your son? And he's like, no, I'm going to go heal him. Although I think he'd do better if I brought him back here because I don't know if I have the stuff to save him if he's in a coma right now, if I go to him. But mm. I think he's, he's playing it up and I do not believe Liren would have let Kaladin die regardless of what he yeah. said right in the very first moment. It's like part of the issue is Kaladin and Liren are very similar yeah. in certain ways. There's a great piece of fan art that I don't remember who who did it, but it's a, a comic scene of Dalinar meeting Liren. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's like, so yes. Like, I, I know can't remember one. like exactly how it goes. Uh, I'm, but it's I'm like, actually going like to go he, into WAB mode so that we can show this off. I know exactly what it was. It's like, I don't yeah, see it, the family resemblance. And then they yeah, do the and, same thing. And it's face. like the two of them like backlit yep. and like you can't see their faces. And then it's like, oh, wait. And it's just a close in up of both of their faces. And it's just like the exact same. Same like, <laughs> like I'm disappointed in you expression. It's, and it's just it's so good. It's such good, yeah. like subtle character characterization because like brandon doesn't like smack you over the head with that but they both take their oaths very seriously and maybe maybe this is uh personal to me because i also have have a dad who let's say takes rules and oaths to the nth extreme with no wiggle room whatsoever and is a garbage person because of it but you know maybe maybe that's just me but Liren is almost, in a sense, a good way of thinking about how honor is not always the best plan, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm. just because you swore an oath doesn't inherently make it right. And they, like, even Dalinar is like, no, saying an oath is what makes it right. I'm like, I, I mean... <laughs> But that's not always true, right? Like that—that yeah. that is not always true. I mean, usually, sure, but maybe don't do that to your own son. Like it, it gets into that honor versus odium thing, which I really like. And it will be interesting if we see a radiant, really, you know. Oh, I took my oaths to the final level, and uh, 
yeah, maybe I'm not great. I mean, I guess we kind of get that with Nail. Like, uh, that's, yeah. that's kind of yeah. not Otter has great <laughs> Nail yeah. in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> but it, I'm so it, glad people got that joke. Yeah, no, Nail's nuts. It's great. Great pun. <laughs> so it, it's just interesting with Liren that uh, he just really encapsulates like, no, I made an oath. That's what makes it right. And how dare you like, yeah, just confront that. And he does not like doing that at all. Yeah, I will say, I do think, I, I just want to clarify, I do think that Lyrid is justified in being incredibly angry at the end of part two. Like, he oh, yeah. does have these pacifist views, and Kaladin is very well aware of that, and Lyrid loathes violence and killing, and, like, someone is killed directly in front of him in Liren's safe space as well. Like his surgery is his sanctuary and I can very much see why he is so angry about that. I just think the way that he goes about that anger and like the direction that he channels it towards Kaladin. I think there's problems there, but yes. I do think that Liren is justified to be angry and very angry at Kaladin uh, mm -hmm. in that moment in time. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you. And that's why I, I do like that Liren doesn't necessarily change his mind, but becomes open to it at the end. Yeah. Like, mm. And a large part of that is Hasina smacking him upside the head and like, being on, mate. the ray of light that Hasina is. <laughs> that was so she good. Is wonderful. So good. And because she does love Liren for being Liren, but she can also acknowledge sometimes Liren is too much Liren. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and that's, I mean, that's certainly uh, Jess and I, where Jess is like, Eric, you, that was, could just, you know, it could it back a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. It's like, Good call. And, yeah. Good call. <laughs> and, and and part of that is also Liren, like Kaladin, is very stubborn. So like he made his decision and like he wants to stick to it. And like he doesn't want to see like, oh, all the people like with the Shash brands on their painted on their foreheads are just idiots. Like, but once he gets to like hear them, it's like, oh, all of you believe in my son. Maybe I should too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe you should. Lyra, maybe. Just maybe, maybe you should. And, and like yeah. he also paints the brand on his forehead at the yep. very end. Yeah, and yeah, like yep. that was such a great moment to yeah. show that switch in his thinking mm -hmm. and mm. the belief that. Because I think Liren did always believe in Kaladin, but he was just so resistant to the way Kaladin was going about things. And yeah, to see Liren give a little bit of ground to try and find that compromise with his own personal values was really powerful. Yeah, it's the, I, I still don't agree with you, but I'm going to support you anyway. Yeah. Good. That, and that is what Liren's arc needed to be. Like, you have these, mm -hmm. it's like, we could, you know, it's the end of the world, so, you know, we can give a little bit and be supportive of, you know, your son. Something I really like, because I went back and read some of Kaladin's uh, backstory back when Rhythm of War first came out, and this is something Brandon does very well, I think. Like, he's very good at putting across different tones for 
different characters, uh, particularly them seeing themselves versus other people seeing uh, that character from the outside. But what I noticed is in Kaladin's flashbacks, he really does think of Liren with this, like, childhood wonder, this person is my dad, like, I have mm. a very limited view of the world because I'm so young and I do hold him to such high esteem because he is my father and the scene with Rashon, uh and then like talking to Liren afterwards I think really showed that and the fact that Kaladin decided then he wanted to be a surgeon not a soldier and like follow, Lir follow Liren's path but then we get Kaladin as an adult seeing Liren mm. and it is different like he is viewing his father from a much more critical perspective because Kaladin has gone that route of the soldier and his views have changed so I just love that Brandon is able to write that in a pretty subtle way um, but it is still there. And it was only because I was reading kind of one than the other that I noticed it. But that that was cool. Mm -hmm. Th thinking about this, like, this is like some of Brandon's most subtle characterization that you can pick up on, I feel. Like, it's just so believable and natural that it's just like, yeah, all of it totally makes sense. Like, some of the best mm -hmm. Brandon has maybe ever done, along with, like, Kaladin and Adolin. Like, they have such a great relationship that's totally believable as well. But, yeah. like, this is a much more subtle thing that... It, but you can still notice the characterization. So, props to you, Brandon. Excellently done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Liren is fascinating to me. Like, I love that we got this look at what it would really mean to be a pacifist in this type of situation. Like, yeah. Liren, there's nothing Liren won't do to avoid... Like, to the point where we're all like, this is a little... Like, most people would probably stand up for themselves at this point, Laren. But <laughs> yeah. it's it's incredible. And I love... I st and this is like throwing it back, but I still love that Liren stole those spheres. Like, that is just so interesting to me as a person. That he... Like, you know, he's put up, as Jeff said, kind of like this hero thing. And I think the first crack in that is when Kaladin realizes that he stole the spheres. And yeah. it's probably not yeah. wrong. I wouldn't call it wrong, in my opinion. But... He, Liren, Liren has his own code and he has his own places where he's willing to go into a gray area. Right. But that's not killing. Not kill. yeah. <laughs> and that gets into the law and honor are not the same thing. Yep. Yes. Not all of the orders are concerned with the law like the skybreakers are. So it's like, so Liren is, it's another example of like honor being a theme of the yeah. Stormlight Archive. It's yep. like, Liren is very much of honor, but he isn't of the law necessarily. No. Uh, Liren would be a terrible skybreaker. Yeah. And then there's a scene uh, also from Kaladin's childhood where he's saving Rashon's life and he hesitates. And Kaladin mm. has the thought of, is he going to kill him? And then Liren doesn't. But there's the clear moment where Liren obviously stopped and thought about it. And yeah. Like that, that was a very interesting look into Liren's ca uh, character of like where the line was for him. It's like, is there so great, uh, like problem that is affecting me so much that I'm willing to push past my morals to help myself? And he didn't do it in that no. case. And the interesting thing is, too, 
if I recall correctly, the reason he didn't do it is because he looks at Kaladin and he decides that he's not going to do that. And mm. I feel like it's interesting in the context of him wanting to set a good example and wanting Kaladin to yeah. be just like him. And that's something that he actually draws strength from. So later, when Kaladin is deliberately rejecting his whole worldview, mm. you can kind of see. Double hearts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. I love their relationship. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I, I want Liren to get his friend. What friend Liren, should he get? Like, I don't know, but he has. He should get a friend. Like I kind He's of so of honor that it's like, oh, you just you just need a friend, Liren. I actually there... have a theory, which yes. I can't remember if it was disproved in Rhythm of War, but in one of the books, Syl talks about how she heard a voice from. Kaladin's childhood that was clear oh, yeah. but firm and a lot of people thought it was Tian and Brandon said it wasn't Tian but I think it was Liren. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think we know anything about that still. No, like, I don't yeah. think we do. Yeah. I kind cool, of I'll keep that. this headcanon then. <laughs> I think Liren would make a terrible Windrunner. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think yeah, he should be a Windrunner either. I think either. so yeah. as well, yeah. He could not do that. But Edge Dancer, <laughs> I think, is high Edge on the Dancer. list. The the thing that gets me about Edge Dancer is like Edge Dancer is where the heel is, right? So I do understand putting Lyrin in as with the group that is the heel is, but I don't think that necessarily pairs up his views with what oaths it should be. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's very focused on the saving and helping people think, but in terms of like through medical health, um, you know, and so. I don't know. If, I don't think there's any order that he really fits. I'm like, I'm, I, I'm trying to think. It, well, one thing you can I do could, is like else caller. Like I will reach my potential. Yeah, right. Like, like that, that, that works really well for for that. Uh, but he don't remember. Like, <laughs> sorry, I just Maybe had to look at the. Watcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just I had to look at the Ten watch, Essence yeah. chart and Divine Attributes, Loving, Healing, and I'm like, well, you have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Elskola also um, blood as the... No, Elskoller is um, oil. oil. Like uh, the is yeah. blood. Okay. Yep. yep. I knew it was one of the ones with like the red gems. I just couldn't remember which. Yeah. Yeah. Else color divine attributes, or at least associated with that herald. It's not necessarily related to the radiance, but mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they uh, kind of are. They kind like, of are. But wise, mm-hmm. care, wise, careful for else color. It's like, well, I mean, could be an else color. I don't know, but he should get a spren, and I would love to see that relationship <laughs> and his banter with a spren because that would be great. What if the spren yeah. decides with Hasina? It's like, nah, Hasina's totally right. What are you doing? <laughs> Fine. I mean, who wouldn't side with Hasina? Like, I, I, I love Sil's interactions with Hasina yes. as well, yes. and like talking about Kaladin, and they just like riff off each other to like so good. poke One, at Kaladin in a fun right way. It's so good. I, I hope we get another Sil Hasina scene before you know the yeah. end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that is. I, I wanted. Hasina to interact with Novani because I think they would get along. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Maybe Everyone will... will get along with Hasina. I mean, yeah, Hasina's the best. pretty great. So I was looking at the descriptions of the Ten Knights Radiance, and 
I know he would make a terrible stone ward. But the opening yes. paragraph, the 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 cat the cat the the catchphrase of them is "I'll be there when I'm needed." That would and be an Stone interesting Ward's, Stone Ward, I will say. Yeah, and, and here's the the opening paragraph is uh, Stone Ward's focus on team dynamics and working with others and being there for those who need them. They put the interests of others before their own and will not bend their ideals for the sake of convenience. Ooh, well, like, you know when you say it like wow. that, but, like, but that that would be really funny to have Liren be like, like a, a combat medic, medic. And, and combat later medic. like like that's that's that would be such a nice reversal and like when you just read that i was like oh crap yeah that does kind of fit <laughs> yeah i yeah. think certainly there does exist a spren that would be interested in Liren. i i they might be an imperfect fit in some ways like venley is or someone that's making it work but i yeah Liren is mm. there's a spren out there that's gonna be like oh this guy is cool he's yeah. he's definitely <laughs> of honor no one could say he's not he will mm. say his own yeah. he will keep to his oaths that's i bet wendell would have liked Liren if he was gonna yeah wendell would have gotten yeah. Okay yeah. With him. yeah yeah he Liren better survive to oh what if it's like old grandpa Liren being a stoneward <laughs> healer that sounds incredible <laughs> let's be honest that that'd be the best one final note on Liren is that Liren had another son named Tien, who was also very important in understanding Kaladin, and who had a very, had one of the best scenes in Rhythm of the Four. Yeah. The scene that does make me cry when I think about it too I, I, much. Yeah, me too. To this day. Yeah. yeah. Read it multiple times, cried every yeah. single time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and Brennan, like, usually can't get me to be emotional that scene because it's the the scene where kaladin is falling through the storm and dalinar to connects die, commit suicide that's what kaladin was doing yeah hmm. he jumped. connects kaladin to himself and sees a vision <laughs> of the spiritual realm sure and it's like the day Tien died, but it, but not, and Tien he's is an adult, up. and he's a kid, and it's weird, and it's awesome, and it's beautiful. Yeah, wow, it was painful to read, but it was so good. Like I, I picked up on it like the first paragraph. I'm like, Brandon, what are you doing? Because like I knew it, it was. The, it, yeah, I picked up on it straight away as well. As like soon as it, like, oh, he was on a tent on a battlefield. I was like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> like, don't you do this to me, Brandon. And I'm so glad he did. Like, it's just. How dare you. It's the connection with like Dalinar Stormfather uh, and the Stormfather doing that. And then the TN stuff, like it all just comes together so well. And oh, man, like that, like Dog and the Dragon is also great for Kaladin's like progression with like mm. no you will be warm again i know things suck now a lot but you will be warm again but but the tn scene oh man that that and kills the fact me that, like tn had such an impact on kaladin like yes. the the fact yeah. that he did the Katniss Everdeen I volunteers tribute <laughs> to follow him to the That's army true. and then like has blamed himself for Tian's death since it happened. Oh, he, he blamed himself for Tian being separated even before that and tried yeah. so hard to like get them back together again and it just didn't work. So this 
feels almost like closure in a way because mm. I, I know there are varying theories of how that dream sequence worked. Um, but to me, a lot of it came from Kaladin and like, this was the part of his brain that knew what he needed to get through this, giving that to him in a way that magic could supply. Um, and that gave him enough of a push forward to then go on and uh, do the fourth ideal, save his father. Uh, and I just love that it all tied back into this guilt over the loss of his little brother and how that ties into um, presumably fixing some of that, uh, fixing some of the not quite broken, but like damaged bonds he has with the rest of his family and how that's going to move mm. them forward. Cause it really felt like Liren also feels guilt over Tien's death and uh, like losing both of them to the army. And mm. now this is the time for them as a family to begin to heal. And the fact that that comes from that same source that really drove them apart in a way is a like really nice circular um, resolution. Yeah. It, it's like Kaladin's releasing his guilt. He's the slave brands disappearing are weird. And I want to talk about that, but mm -hmm. like, there is that change where he's like, and that's what the fourth ideal is about, right? Was, it's mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. This is what I was going to say is um, we kind of, we, I think uh, we said on a predictions podcast with storm. I four was, do we think his oath about, I have to accept this people. I can't save is that person. He can't save going to be Lyran and is Lyran going to die in this book? Was <laughs> I thought he was going to held it so strongly. Yeah. We I had was, that idea. Was, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it turned out, it, yeah, and then what it was is it ended up being is like we already know the person he couldn't save, and it was Tien. Tien yeah. is the person he accepted that he couldn't save yeah. when he said his fourth oath. Yeah. But I, I also want to point out that Tien was also important, very important to him swearing his third oath. Yeah. And it, it's the realization yeah. that Alakar is Tien. It was Dalinar's Tien. It's like it's not his fault that. He's not good at what he's doing. And like, he shouldn't just be sacrificed. Yeah. And so like, and it, so it's also the third oath is Kaladin realizing it's not Tien's fault. And the fourth oath is, is Kaladin realizing it's not my fault either. Yeah. Wasn't the second oath also about Tien? Because he has like that <laughs> other, like, I'm dying dream vision before he jumps <laughs> over the bridge. That is awesome. Yeah, he and does have ties a, back to his death right before. Yeah, I can't wait for the next TN flashback. It's gonna destroy us. <laughs> yeah, like what's number five gonna be? Yeah, what is number five gonna be? Like, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, <laughs> but I still always think about the slave brands disappearing. Like that's a interesting aspect because like. Let's not talk about the Cosmere, what's going on with that TN vision, because that's just put it in a box, put it later. Um, okay. But <laughs> its own podcast. That is its own podcast, and we need Evgeny for that. Like the slave brands disappearing, that sort of indicates that Kaladin no longer sees himself as that slave, right? Yes. 
It, and the interesting thing is they only start flicking off, or at least they're only described as starting to flake off after he sees the mark on Liren's forehead. Oh, they might have really? started healing it before that, but Brandon huh. like describes it because it's like he looks and like sees it on like Liren's forehead, and like Liren like goes and, like pushes back like Calden's veins, and they're starting to flake off. Oh, I totally forgot mm. that. That makes me wonder if the meaning of them has changed so much to be a supportive thing instead of meaning you are a slave now, and that's why they're now coming off because he can't see himself as a slave with those anymore because that's not what they mean. And connecting with that is, is Tian stuff because it's like, it's so intimately connected with all that backstory in way of Kings. Mm-hmm. It, for me, just like my interpretation of it, I think that it's probably for, in my interpretation, it's not relevant that Liren sees them first, you know, because in my Sorry. mind, Calvin probably just didn't notice they were healing. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I think it's it's an interesting narrative point on the point on the part of Brandon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely like just I was just saying for my interpretation, that's not a component to it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think part of it is really just Kaladin in a much maybe not in a much more real way, because I don't want to minimize actual slavery, which is awful. But yes. and mm-hmm. Kaladin himself was enslaved by people and freed by people and that all like that all happened but he has also been in his own mind in some ways like enslaved to that moment of his life when he lost tn and has never been able to move past that and in the same way that he finally manages to let go and free himself at least in part of that guilt is when he loses those brands yeah so to me i think that's a pretty easy interpretation to make but definitely there are others out there i thought you were gonna say uh, david i thought you were somewhere else because i've got a similar but different where he mm-hmm. almost felt because of him letting Tien die, he felt he needed to be punished and he almost felt he deserved to mm. be a slave because mm-hmm. of what happened. So when he let go of the guilt, he let go of the 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 need to feel punished for that. Yeah. And so he didn't see himself as a slave anymore. Mm-hmm. And just touching back on uh, Kaladin's mental health issues, like that makes a lot of sense, both with depression and PTSD, because that is something that... Mm-hmm. Um, people with both uh, types of conditions do like they feel like they need to punish themselves. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because it, it's not just letting go of the guilt of failing TN. It's failing like all the people in his yeah. squad that Amaram killed. It's like yeah. it's all of that. All the other mm-hmm. squads too. <laughs> yeah. And all the other squads and all the other yeah. groups of miscreants he gathers together and yeah. gives hope. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Elhokar, yeah, you're totally right, Jess, because that's what's kind of, ever since Oathbringer, that loss of Elhokar and that freezing up. Mm-hmm. We had to deal with that in Rhythm of War. Mm-hmm. I-, I love that he, even at one point, was like, I can't believe Elhokar did this to me. Like, it was Elhokar, and I feel <laughs> so messed up by it. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, does, that does make sense. Uh, I, I do like the chapter right after the TN scene where it's just called Reborn, where like Calvin's kind of reborn and like that's such a good ch- chapter title and he's, he's glowing a light. Uh, mm-hmm. Calvin's really turned a corner. Uh, like I really like connecting back with what you said earlier, Jess, about how uh, this is the getting better arc and we don't want just, just to magically be better. This was a good way of using magic to confront depression 
hard to say in a realistic way because I mean <laughs> it's not, but like it's a nice way of using Cosmere magics to get Kaladin to confront that uh, and without fixing it. Without fixing it, Kaladin still needs to believe, truly believe what he is saying there, right? To say the fourth yeah. ideal. Yeah, yeah it, it's not realistic, but it is genuine. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good word. That makes a bunch of sense. I, I don't know how Kaladin's character is going to continue. Because, like, I've... Like, are we going to get a fifth ideal in book five? Like, I don't know. I feel like we, we have to. to. And yeah. it, I feel like it has to come from Kaladin. Like, if Brandon yeah. has built up Kaladin's character as the one where we get all of the oaths up to this point. He can't yeah. not yeah. give Kaladin the fifth oath. That, like, that would... That feels like he's promised something and then not given it in the end. I don't know what it's going to be. Like, yeah. fourth oath just feels like OP godhood already. Yeah, what, so what, can, what can fifth what, oath what even be? What the hell be? is the fifth oath of a <laughs> windrunner? Yeah. I am think, protection. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am honor. <laughs> Maybe. And then Kaladin picks up honor, and literally no other Windrunner can ever hit the fifth oath again. <laughs> well, they keep talking about the power of the greater oath. So maybe Kaladin will get to the fifth ideal, and they'll be like, "This is why we didn't want this to happen." Yeah, but breaks the glass ceiling. See, part of me doesn't want it to happen in book five. Like, if Kaladin survives, then like it doesn't need to happen in book five. Like. Like, he's just done so much character development. Are we going to get another ideal in 10 days? I don't know. I feel like if it doesn't happen in book... Like, book five is still meant to be kind of the end of the first half. And And the characters, yeah. Yeah. It'd be like if Brandon... And I'm going to be really annoyed if Brandon does draw this out. But, like, if Brandon draws out the War of Reckoning into the back half, it's like this really seems like something that was the overarching arc for Wait, the front half the war of reckoning or is that, do you mean that's the true desolation one, uh kind of all of that together oh, just like okay. the, the the original conflict because of gavala between mm. the listeners and the the humans that has led to like this thing is versus the humans like maybe it's just a pause in the war but if it just kind of keeps going through this time skip and then 10 years later we're like oh we've had 10 years of war i would feel exhausted by that it's like Mm. this really seemed like your overarching not like plot but the thing holding together the first five and i think kaladin's um oath progressions is the same thing so it just Feels really awkward if Brandon like plucks that and puts it in the back half somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Brandon has described the first five are more focused on the radiance and the back right. five are more focused on the herald. Yeah. For that, I we have to see somebody swear a fifth ideal. Yeah. In Kaladin. If it isn't Kaladin. Yeah. It won't hit the same way. Yeah. Yeah, that's, mm. that's fine. Totally we'll just cool. get it in Shalan, and then maybe we'll actually know what ideal she's on. Well, that'll be her ninth <laughs> ideal, though. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ninth one. <laughs> Will it be a ninth, with the one of odium? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. Should I come in with my fifth O theory? Or yeah, I'll let's do it. Fifth let's do it. Yeah, we're let's at do it. Let's do yeah. fifth O theories. I'm gonna go in with mine. I've said mine like four times now, but I'm gonna say it again anyway. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so Kaladin's the, the Windrunner Oaths are very much about adding uh, 
exceptions to the the second oath, essentially, which is uh, I will protect people who can't protect themselves. And there's also this idea of uh, the Windrunners are both defending, uh, protecting, and leading. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bit in Rhythm of War where Kaladin talks about retiring as like a as a trainer for other Windrunners, and he says he would never be able to like send other people, like train them up and send them to their deaths. Mm. But the thing is, is if if he's trained them up then they wouldn't be people who can't protect themselves anymore. He'll have trained them to protect themselves. And so he doesn't need to protect them. And so he ca- he could send them away. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think the final oath of the Windrunners is to let people protect themselves. Like, he needs to accept that sometimes people can protect themselves. He doesn't have to be there for everyone. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Some, I like something that a lot. Like that. Yeah, whether it's as a leadership role or it's as a... I don't have to protect these people. They've, they've, they've got them, their own thing going on. I can protect them in a different way. I can leave and do something else. He, he's but, given yeah. them the tools to protect themselves. Yes. And it fits. It slots real nicely with him becoming a herald and leaving Roshar as well. It slots real nicely <laughs> in there. Yeah, it does, though. I, I like that, Ben, because I think it also fits with something that hasn't quite gotten explored yet, but we kind of got our promise with Adolin, which is Kaladin doesn't love to kill, but he does love the fight. And that is still mm. a part of him, too. And if, and if he can figure out a way to make that a part of who he is, I think he will. And it also would dovetail in quite nicely with him becoming a psychiatrist, like filming mm. the revolution of mental health treatment yeah. on Roshar, where, like giving people the tools to cope, cope is helping them to protect themselves from themselves. Mm. Yeah, that that that's that's what it is. I, I will give you the tools to, pr- to protect yourselves. <laughs> like it, it really rolls off the tongue really well. <laughs> I will help build your toolbox for you. That's it. <laughs> that's the whole. That's it. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's all believable. I guess I guess like I. Yeah. I, I guess he will get a fifth oath. Like I get the cri- the critique of just oh, it's another calendar oath saving the day, right? But it was really awesome in this book. Like it, was, it, was, it really was really cool, great though. in book one and two. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I just it, don't think I don't think he'll save the day in the same way. In the same way in this book, he really kind of saved Liren and Leshwi. Really, for the most part, mm. like Navani actually saved everybody. So no, that's I think true. We'll <laughs> we'll get a big, like a Car- a Kaladin character moment potentially, but I don't think him destroying the fifth ideal will solve a problem that that otherwise wouldn't have been able to have been solved. Hmm. The criticism of like, oh, yet another Kaladin ideal. It's yes, that is the point of the series. Like yes, yeah, yes. it's like it's like yes, you can criticize that, but that's the point. That's why there's five of the series. It's about swearing oaths. That is the promise that has been set up. Yeah. Like it, I, as someone who is a little bit sick of the number of fight scenes in this book, particularly with Kaladin, I also have to accept that that's the point. Like, th- this is a book about war where we're going to get fight scenes and we have characters that are specifically set up to do the hero fighting. And yeah, they just have to go through that. There was maybe a bit too much fighting 
in this book. Mm-hmm. Like when Brandon posted the part one annotations, it's like, maybe I should have cut this fight. I'm like, I think you probably should have cut that fight in part one. Like, there was like one where he was mentioning like, ah, I could do with just like a bit less magical combat. That, if anything, yeah. that's my critique of Rhythm of War. Just a bit less of that. That was like, exactly I, what I was going to say. Yeah, there you go. I hit my limit and I wasn't expecting this of like caring about Kaladin fight scenes in part one with the Hearthstone chapters and they're reading more. It's like, oh no, it all continues because of course it continues. But yeah, I really struggled to get through like Kaladin and Era Theory, particularly on my reread because I, I just didn't want to read more fight scenes so like i found myself just zoning out and skimming through them even though like there there was like cool dialogue and stuff in them but i'm like i don't, I don't care about this at all the, the comparing the first fight scene to like the other fight scenes of the book um leshwi and kaladin have great flirtation energy that's that's kaladin and lesian just don't and so that made that first <laughs> I mean, one that's true they don't enjoyable. they don't have that chemistry yeah. okay. that's accurate okay was it more enjoyable though than watching Kaladin pull Lesian's head off with a reverse lashing? Because was very, that was very, that was horrifying, but cool. It was there was, was a moment really where I was cool. like, "I'm glad he's gone though." Like I was pretty okay with yeah. that. Oh yeah, I'm anybody. so glad Lesian was a one book villain. Not okay with Raboniel being a one book villain, but uh, mm-hmm. Lesian mm-hmm. being dead, dead. I'm very glad he's dead, dead. Yeah. Uh, the scene where uh, Kaladin kills Lesian very gruesomely and brutally his eyes are glowing as well and i've definitely seen theories around that because moash was trying to convert him to odium like literally just before and like that being the moment where like kaladin did kind of slip a bit into the odium side of of thinking or influence because that was very brutal in a way it that, like, Kaladin, never Kaladin wouldn't normally do. And the fact that he then uh, goes on and, like, does jump off the tower, it, it all is... It's such a dark moment that, like, feeds into everything that's happened before it and him giving in. And that's the whole thing with Odium, right? It's you give in and give your emotions. So... That, that's very interesting. Yeah. And Brandon's even said on the recent stream talking about, you know, would Kaladin ever turn dark? And Brandon's like, no, he, he wouldn't really be a super credible villain. But I absolutely think that, like, like Odium was pissed that Kaladin didn't, you know, fall. Yeah, Odium, Odium was trying to do yeah. that. Like, he was trying to convert Kaladin specifically. Yeah. And, and I work. wonder how much of that was um, because Kaladin is like such an integral part of the Erethiru group, even though he's not one of the monarchs. Like, if he was suddenly like yanked out from them, that would leave a sizable hole that I think would leave them scrambling quite a bit. Yeah. Mm. And it gets into the, it would be terrifying to everyone else because, like, if Odium can corrupt Kaladin, like, he can, he corrupt, can corrupt anyone. Anyone. Yeah. anyone. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I think Kaladin, he says even, he wants me. If he keeps pushing, he'll have me, so I have to go. Like, Kaladin is really, like, Odium is after Kaladin, and Kaladin knows it. Yeah. Which is like, the, the glowing yellow eyes is just... 
<laughs> so weird. The yellow baffles me. I'm like, is it yeah. the gold of odium? Like, what is this yellow? Yeah, I think that's what that's that supposed seeing. to be implying. Yeah, I guess, but it's not. Just, yeah, but odium's not yellow. He's gold. Like, he's like, it's not quite that. It's just odd like to me. no one else like. That's not yellow. the color of corruption either. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's not red. Yeah, I don't know. That is that's super weird. That is weird. It's weird. Maybe it's I want like book five. That is the problem with Stormlight Forest. It's like, oh my god, I want book five so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think part of it too is a lot of the what I assume is gonna be the payoff with Kaladin, which is a slightly more like upbeat Kaladin for a book where we get a little more like Kaladin has an okay time, it's gonna be book five. So we got all the tough yeah. Kaladin and we're like, okay, where this has gotta happen. We gotta see what yeah. happens next to him. Yeah. But and that's the difficulty with like the fourth book in a five book series is like this is always going to be the setup book for the next one yeah. so like yeah. how do you make it interesting enough by itself but also like have it do all the setup and yeah it does make it hard to wait for the uh like slightly more chipper Cal- kaladin <laughs> i'll just riff with seth yeah i i don't know how much we can say on the yellow eyes other than i was like that is weird on many levels including a mechanical level like how did that happen why what is up with that that is weird but one thing i wanted to mention uh is in vire's interlude there's a quote that odium says about kaladin where he's where odium is saying he has left the battle which i hadn't thought him capable of doing Strangely, this will make him far more dangerous in the future unless we can act. But I cannot strike him down directly, not unless he puts himself into my hands. So, well, I mean, clearly that's, you know, talking about that odium stuff, but like more dangerous, I guess. Uh, I think I might I have I might have an idea for this. Okay, which is that. If Brennan, no, if Brennan had kept Kaladin in the fight, Kaladin would not have reached the point where he would have sworn the fourth and eventually True. the fifth ideal. He'd just be crushed but, with the PTSD and stuff and the fight. Yeah, so it's like Odium knows like he's been removed from the fight. Now he has the potential to hit those greater points of power in self-realization. That's most mm-hmm. sensible. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think... I would like to believe it's more than just the fourth. Like I like, th- I like to believe that this is a seed of a Kaladin that will grow into something more dangerous to Odium, even than we've yet seen. But mm. and part of that could be just helping the Radiance and helping the Radiance deal with who are who tend to be people who have lots of mental health issues to deal with, like be more effective. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a point of growth for Kaladin in a way Ka- Odium doesn't want. Like. Mm-hmm. I could imagine, like, in the spiritual realm, like, there, there's, like, a branching off point where, mm-hmm. like, if Kaladin stays in the fight, then it's like, okay, this this set of possibilities will happen. But because he's in this part, it's like, well, I don't know which of these is going to happen, but it's all not great. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I imagine. It. I think it asks the question of, uh, is Kaladin going to be... Um, on his champion in the next book and mm. is the fact that he did end up being able to swear the f- fourth ideal and presumably fifth ideal 
that's what makes him actually be that champion and be a threat. And like Odium does have some future sites. So maybe he saw that and that was why he was trying to stop this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree that we've been told Dalnar will be his own champion. And I think there's a decent chance that will happen, but mm-hmm. Brandon has successfully managed to set something up really obvious. So act like it's not going to happen and then go back to the obvious thing. Like he did with Navani and the sibling before yeah that's true so yeah. i could i could definitely see something happening where maybe dalinar is honor and he's like okay i clearly can't be my own champion now. or like something <laughs> like you know like we really don't know oh so you say happen. that and i totally think caravange is gonna be his own champion and I, cool. I think it's that gonna be, be so cool. good yeah that would be cool a little op but <laughs> yeah but i think that's the point like he'll be his own champion but dalinar won't know that caravangian is now odium yeah and like that yeah, will yeah. be the trick he plays to win the contest. Don't want that to happen because it, it it would be bad for Team Honor. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I think everything with Teravangian is very bad for Team Honor, I would say. Yeah. And I'm stressed yeah. just thinking about it. It's like, oh, this isn't going to go well. How is Brandon going to write a satisfying conclusion when I, I just see so many ways this to go not great? I have no idea. So there's... A ton of relationship stuff that we also need to talk about. Uh, and I think the most natural one to start with is the one that we didn't see on screen. It's the one of Lynn, <laughs> that Calden dated Lynn. Uh, and I totally yeah. believe that that did not go super great because <laughs> Calden's not in a great spot for dating right now. I feel bad for both of them, like just from the interaction they have at the beginning, where like Lynn clearly was the one to break up with Kaladin and is still like trying to be supportive of him in the the scene at Hearthstone. But uh, uh, Kaladin has has some salty vibes there. Kaladin not letting something go. That sounds very out of character for him. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like Lynn needed to break up with Kaladin like for her own sake. Yeah, because like Kaladin was not in a position to be in a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like if they had been at different points in their life, then they they could have worked. Yeah, because they seem they, they had a bit of chemistry. I think maybe maybe um, maybe we didn't really see. I don't know if I ever would say I saw chemistry between them, but mm. sure, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, that was my complaint. Is I just like. I don't care. I don't buy it. Like they didn't really like make it seem like like, you know, Calvin was obviously upset. We didn't really see any sort of hint of chemistry. They, there's a point where he goes, he could see now that they'd both grown from it. And I'm like, in what way have you grown from this, Calvin? Like, like name a thing that it seems like, like a bit of character development that happened off screen that you got from your relationship with Lynn. Because he, just he thought Lynn was a potential partner and now he doesn't. And that is character growth. That is, learned. that is a, a point one degree growth. <laughs> yeah, like technically still growth. Yeah, I think that's difficult for Brandon to do because I think the main reason he's doing that is just to show time has passed. Right. And mm. if you set up a big chemistry in Oathbringer and then they just broke up off screen, people would have been furious. So I think the best case scenario is like, eh, I, don't, I don't really care, right? Like, because you you really don't want that other situation to just have that all be a like yeah. chemistry and then just like, oh, we dealt with it off screen. Yeah, I just don't think there should be a character development thing that our reaction to is. Eh, it didn't really seem like like why is it in there? Sure, if all of our reaction is meh. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of in there to show it's like Calden's life sucks. <laughs> and by the way, he's great. Like that just what it is. like Yeah. I mean, not much more to say on Lynn, but the relationship mm-hmm. with Syl in this book has definitely deepened. Well, in yes. in many respects, yes. like Syl is much more of her own character now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Great to have a Syl interlude. Great to have Syl fetch Adolin uh, for that scene in the bar, by the way. That was Syl. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Spren interacting with people who are not their radiance. I yeah. want more of yes. it. I'm like, like, I'm like, these are their own people that exist and they should be making human mm-hmm. friends and yeah. hanging out with yeah. their friend. She's always yeah. talking about how she's going and seeing other people and talking to other people. So it's nice, like, getting that one interlude is like, cool, She's she can go further away from Kaladin now. And so she's yeah. spread out a bit. She's and a specific chapter icon. And yeah. I like her conversation with Dalina and like her struggling to try and understand what Kaladin's going through because that is a uh, very real and common thing that uh, people have to deal with when their loved ones have yeah. depression or other uh, issues. It's tough. And yeah, like she just wants to empathize and she doesn't know how. Yeah. Mm. And, and she very much becomes Kaladin's partner in this. Like, she's not just his fairy companion anymore. It's like mm. they're going through, they go through everything together. And she does confront the darkness in her own Yeah, she has a yeah. hint to that, too. Dealt with. Mm-hmm. He's Kaladin's I, I like support that. character. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like that Kaladin was able to offer support in return, finally, too. Because, like, there's a really good scene where Syl is, like, very down, and Kaladin kind of is, like, doesn't like you and then she kind of puts on a whole happy face and is yeah. like it's like oh, no like everything's good like i'm here to support you and he's like you don't have to do that you know i'm, you I'm really worried about you actually yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and the scene after the tn scene when they're falling and Sil says like i don't know what to do i don't know the words and Calendon says, don't worry, I do. Oh, yeah. oh like, that is so good. That is so good. Because all of along, it's like, she's been saying, like, I can't tell you the words, even yeah. the ones she knows. But now it's like, he's getting to that point before her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's crushed by Teft, too. Like, she loves Teft mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, really, honestly, still gets pretty crushed in this book uh, of just, like, the the strain of uh, the sibling being taken and just that pressure on the bond itself, like is Mm -hmm. really hard on her. And like, there's a part where she like just vanishes for a while. And Calvin's like, I don't know where she is. And then she just comes back. uh, Yeah. Cause they get separated when they're at the bottom. Mm. Yeah. And and so it's like, she can't find him again. Cause she's gone stupid. Until he comes back down, gets within range, and then, like, she's like, mm. oh, wait, I'm Syl. Yeah. I need to go find Kaladin. I would love, like, more of that of Syl. Mm-hmm. And that must be really hard to have your your sapiens, your being, tied to someone else. And, like, you really have to rely on that other person and like not have independence in the way that humans do in the books. So particularly after words of radiance and everything that happened between Kaladin and Sil there and the break, uh, the 
almost breaking of their bond uh and to have this happen again even if it's not in the same manner must have been really hard for still to have to regress back to that state a second time yeah mm-hmm. it is pretty unfair that like the nahel's friends specifically just you know void's friend you're good but like if they want to go to the physical realm they've got to be bonded yeah that I is all of them though because the uh the reaches seem to be fine um, there's a, a one of Venley's scenes like they don't seem to be suffering anywhere near as much as the other um, Nahel bonded friend that come through. I, I no. think it's because they are preparing to bond with Venley squires, and if they're in that position, ah, they can stick okay. around long. Kind of like how Yunfa was around for months, even though his radiant was dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. In Oathbringer, we see like I. I'm pretty sure it's Venderana um, and leading like yeah. a group of yep. younger with um honors friend that are watching the trainees like so it's they still was just in the physical realm for so long before finding Kaladin um mm. but I, I I do think it's across the board they have the same issue unless you're a bondsmith's friend because they're so yeah, hey, just hey, there we yeah you're a shard, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know you. you th- there were some people talking in the Ishar episode about uh, Zill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say that? the 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 mind thing where Sill's mind intelligence are based on her relationship with Kaladin is the thing that makes me go. I'm not a fan of Sillidan as it is now yeah that is a because yikes. yeah i'm like i just uh, yeah i just don't Could think that's a good idea which is yeah wonder uh because still seems to be coming more into the physical realm just by herself in this book like what she can mm. do with changing her colors and i wonder if it will get to the point where she doesn't need that bond anymore but also, if this is t- like uh, sort of tied to the uncapped oaths and the abilities that Honor was trying to suppress, and whether this is a bad thing in a way, but I think like if she fully comes in to the physical realm, then uh, I, I'm the same. Like the the thing about Siladin that I'm not fully on board with is the fact that she is reliant on him and that's a weird power differential that i'm not super there for totally fine for other people to be but just not for me Mm -hmm. but if if she is her own person and independent in her own right from kaladin that's a whole different ball game exactly if they if she fully comes into the physical or kaladin moves into the cognitive you know we've got two different ways this can happen you know it's it's that's the thing like kaladin going into the cognitive also like the same thing like she is yeah. no longer reliant on him mm. to exist yeah i'm a long-standing not a huge fan of Siladin, so, somewhat openly uh i do like that she is less childlike now that was a a huge yeah. thing that i was not yes. a fan of in the first yeah, book where she was fair. just kind of like the world is new to me and now she's like now she is her own person completely and, and she's remembering her partner. old memories you know she's mm-hmm. she's and it's it's I was gonna say this is the book that made me kind of go okay now I can see Silid now I can see where the Silid ship is coming from but before I was kind of like mm, yeah, but now I'm like 
okay, fair enough. Especially because yeah. like they are yeah, like yeah. helping each other with their own issues. Yeah, yeah, it's because it's become not just her looking after him, but him looking after her yeah. a bit more as well. It feels yeah. less codependent than mm. it was before. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And there's a part of me that's like, in a story structure way, if we were going to have Kaladin have a romantic interest, he just like I was like, well, he was. If we were going to have to develop it at some point, and this is a book where he spends a lot of time with one female person, like intense bonding time, and I'm like, well, like I I don't see it. It's not what I'm hoping for. I don't. I've only gotten platonic like friendship vibes myself from that, but. It could be where Brandon's going. I think she can come fully in the physical realm in the fifth ideal, by the way. Like, I think she'll huh. at least be able to interact with Kaladin yeah. when she gets there. That's just yeah. my kind of crack opinion. Because remember when she's a full-size, like, spren yeah. in Way of Kings? Remember yes. that? Like, that... We've not got any of that since. Where she's just, she, like... She does it a couple times. We, we, get, it, we get it once or twice. She, she does it once. She, when Kaladin is about to like fly into the sky with his, when he's practicing his powers and she's like trying to coax him out to like reveal everybody, she's full sized in that scene. Oh, okay. It's just, okay. She doesn't prefer to do it. Fenderana likes to be full sized. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Man, I'm like Fenderana like, is always full sized. Like she doesn't do any real shape shifting. Hmm. It's just yeah, my personal <laughs> preference of the spren. Hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately for Fenderana, but she didn't like being a ribbon of light way more than being a person standing there. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. But I I I don't like Siladin. I just don't. I don't think Fifth Ideal pulls the spread into the physical realm like how Ishar is doing. Like it's still no. well, like they're no, still not going not like how Ishar's doing. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. how Ishar's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it results yet. I, I don't think fundamentally like she's not going to be fully in the physical realm, yeah. According to the Nahil bond process, like I, I just don't think how that that's how that bond works. Mm. I guess is Kaladin fully in the physical realm? Like she'll still have her her components in the cognitive realm, but you know, I um, I think she's going to be able to do a lot that we haven't been able to see. Yeah, it's like I can definitely, I definitely believe her being able to do more. It's just she's still going to be a primarily cognitive creature. Like she's still going to be weird wisp made of stormlight vague hologram thing oh yeah i don't think she's gonna turn into an alethi girl okay (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah, not not like that i think she'll be like sell and she's like i can pick up things now yeah okay yeah 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 i I totally buy that yeah by the way what something you just said david about if she's fully in the physical realm will she also be in the cognitive realm like humans are they have a they have a physical cognitive and and then i'm like I wonder if that's what's missing from Ishar's experiments. He, he brings he brings the spread in from the, the cognitive realm, and then they don't have a cognitive aspect anymore, and that's kind of like oh, that's kind of why they don't work. Yeah. Well, I'm going to think on this one. That, I'm, that's I'm definitely, definitely an in- it. interesting thing for us to discuss at a later time. I think. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, because the the spren, like the Nahelbon spren, do still have like their form in the cognitive at the same time that they are in the physical because we see that with shallan when she's so casting like Patton turns up in the cognitive yeah, as that's his true normal mm. self even though he's still in the physical at that point hmm mm. that's true i wonder how this just ties to shard blades which this is oh, a yeah. huge digression and not about <laughs> but i'm just gonna table that thought and yeah uh, mm-hmm. because like Dead eyes like vanish. 
<laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, where do they go? What do they do? Oh, yeah. And then there's the whole where was Phil when Kaladin mostly killed her, but wasn't a blade. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure Brandon specifically knows the de- answer to that. I'm going to be honest. So. Yeah. Let's move on uh, to Leshwi. Leshwi and Kaladin uh, definitely have some chemistry in this book. Yeah. This is this is my number one ship. This is yes. this is out of all this is my one. I was not expecting it, but damn, yeah. As soon as it <laughs> like turned up on page, I was like, "Well, okay then." Yeah, yeah. No, I'm it's, big, it's enemies to lovers. Like it's a tried yeah. and true fanfic trope. Yep. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they do the the scene where the one of them pushes the other against the wall, and like there's like, a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fanfic writes Brandon. itself, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the funny thing is, I don't know how much Brandon is aware of common fanfic tropes. And so <laughs> this could true. all just be a complete accident on his part. But it's like, Brandon, we, you're we making did have, promises here. Yeah, like we did have the, the whole queer episode about how Brandon uh, keeps accidentally writing queer like relationships. So I I, I could I, I could definitely see that he uh, doesn't realize what he's doing here, but yeah, yeah. definitely doing it. Like mm-hmm. it's when I say it's like my number one ship. It's it's one of those things where it's like is it's my favorite because I think they go well together. I don't think it's actually going to happen. Okay, like it, like how much I like a ship and how much I think it's going to like are two different metrics. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and because it's the whole whether it'll actually happen or not. You've got the whole immortal being and non-immortal being, which even Tolkien, like the guy who. Not invented fantasy, you know, seminal fiction of fantasy was like, yeah, mortal beings and immortal beings, they shouldn't die. And he had Eowyn give up her immortality. So, you know. Arwen? Arwen, sorry. Not Eowyn. Yeah, Arwen. That, that would technically be an argument against Silidan as well. That would also you be know? an argument against Silidan as well, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that typically doesn't work great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the ship. Obviously, like, liking the ship is different from canonicity. Like, yeah. Uh, but it'd be like, so it'll... interesting. It would be interesting. <sighs> it would be. Would be. It really would be. Particularly because Lashui did defect in the end. Yeah. And like, exactly. maybe she hasn't gone to the side of the Radiance, but she's certainly not on Odium's yeah. side anymore. Mm. And cause, uh, did she go to the listener camp yeah. at the end? She did. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we just don't see them arrive there. Yeah. But that's okay. where she's going. Okay. So uh, she's still going to be around, and like, there very yep. much could be more interactions right there. Mm-hmm. Like, she is and maybe I'm just totally wrong. Uh, I feel like she had, like, she has to want to get ri- like, get free of Odium even more fully in some way because she's got a really good line where she's like, it, "My my soul has too long not been my own." Yeah, and I feel like about she a kind of bond, needs. Yeah. yeah, she kind of needs in some way I, I want her to get free of odium somehow i don't know how that's possible Ooh, that would or she be good, kind of yeah. just become a mortal person again but i feel like she would like to not like she's always wanted to give it up to the singers in the end and i yeah. feel like i could see lest we choose and become mortal again if she potentially could find a way to do that yeah. Hook up with like that, that does tie in going back to ishard cast like what are what is ishar's plan with the whole spread thing and one of the things we discussed was like cognitive sh- shadows becoming mortal again. Yeah, it's that would work for fused as well. That, theoretically, that would be nice to have Leshwi like 
be healed in that way, but that would be difficult to do. In the beginning of part one of Rhythm of War, Kaladin does get called out for like for showing honor to the Shanaeum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like having those rules of engagement and Dalinar is like not a fan of that. And I, I wonder if Odium is not a fan of the Shanaeum doing that on their end, but that that is who Leshwi and her people are. And mm-hmm. the nice synergy of these two groups are doing the fight their way, regardless of what their superiors want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say that I feel like Odium would not be a fan of the Shanaeum pulling punches. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I doubt yeah. that. But yeah, mm-hmm. that L- Leshwi and L- Leshwi is great in this book. Oh, I lo- love the part where she's like, mm-hmm. "Don't worry, voice. I know what to do." Like Leshwi. Oh, excellent i don't know or how much we're gonna see leshwi in book five or or the listeners honestly i have no idea where that's going but i i really like have to not. see something because it's like the, the scene where venli reveals herself to leshwi and like leshwi grabs her face and you're like oh no this is gonna it, this is so bad and it's like they've forgiven us oh it's like do you know this honors friend like she was my friend it's oh. like oh, oh. oh. We just got to get would, someone to revive those dead eyes. I was going to say, I would yep. love to see Leshwi give up her fuseness and like lose her gravitation surge. Then she can bond that healed honors friend that was her friend and they can make up. And then oh, that would be so good. She could be a wind runner. She could take a wind runner form, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, Brandon, yeah, this is the best option. I don't know what I right have planned. <laughs> Do this instead. Yeah, he's totally listening. Um, mm. <laughs> He watches what? all of these. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I think we got to talk about uh, relationships. Uh, I don't know how deep we can go into this, but, uh, you know, Adolin, Shalon, and Kaladin. Uh, mm. Adolin and Kaladin have great chemistry, and uh, I'd still be down for them being a poly couple together. That, that'd be good. With, with Adolin, Adolin, like Kaladin and Shalon yeah. don't don't get together, but Adolin is is the center of that. I think they both need Adolin as the counterpoint to <laughs> help true. them from uh, like just spiraling in on themselves and feeding each other. And like, I, I think there is a lot of uh, like. ASK poly relationship shippers out there now because a lot of people that share that view that together they're all really good. <laughs> like they they really complement and complete each other. It's just when it's like just two of them, there might be problems. So I very much have seen like the oh the shipper in me has always seen the um, relationship between uh, Adeline and Kaladin, like literally from the beginning, where they don't even know each other, and he's calling him Bridge Boy already. It's like, ah, oh, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, you've started it, and then he just builds on top of it, and it goes all the way through to Rhythm of War, where he, it's just still there, like their bond, their companionship is firstly very good as a friendship. Like, I do think that Brandon has built this very well in a platonic male friendship, and that is really good to see in a book. There could always be romance there as well. Could always just put that in. 
too bad mm-hmm. Kaladin is a stick in the mud and wouldn't go for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, yes, there is that tweet of whether uh, the three of them could be Polly and yeah, Adeline and Shalad would be down for it. But Kaladin was, I, I think Brennan actually used the word prude, like too much of a prude for it. Yeah. But I read that is he would be too much of a prude for a Polly relationship. Not necessarily one on one. Not a straight relationship. Oh, so oh, to me, that that was confirmation, yeah. even though it's not like canon confirmation that both Adeline and Kaladin are at least bisexual. And I'm very pleased with this. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to Queer Cast number two. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I do hope uh, Adeline and Shalon can like join up with Zeth and uh, Kaladin for that expedition. Like, Takar's. Mm-hmm close-ish to I mean not really that close to Shinovar but like yeah. I don't know I mean they, they do Ishar has to go through the cognitive realm uh right and you know mm-hmm. Ishar they need was, to run away from Ishar you know yeah. and... <laughs> well they could be chasing him down so I, I really want more of uh Adolin, Shalon and Kaladin in book five I think I think we need it yeah. uh them being split up it's like oh it makes sense but Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. want to see some banter here. I, w- I didn't realize how much I liked the three of them as a trio until they'd been split up, and I was like, "Oh no, we only have one book left." Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm really hopeful for the next book that, in the same way that Kaladin got to support Syl a little bit, that Kaladin will be able to support Adolin a little bit, just yeah. because he is still really wrestling with that anger with his father, and a yeah. lot. Like, he's still got his own stuff going on, and he does a lot of pushing Kaladin up, and I think he could use a, a hand back every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. Kaladin had his book of dealing with his relationship with his father. Now he has all the experience and can help Adolin. And, and yeah. plus, Kaladin knows Dalinar really well. We didn't mention it earlier, but Lyran, not the best dad for uh, Kaladin, and Dalinar, not the best dad for Adolin. But just switch those around. Then you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or at least Dalinar. Daldar is good dad to Kaladin. Uh, so, yeah, that would be a good thing to do. Um, uh, I just think one of them's going to die in the next book. I, I don't know. know who. It's like there's a Kaladin argument, there's an Adolin argument. Yeah. Maybe Shalon's Adolin. Like, Brandon would lose, lose all of his fans. One of the Adolin four will die. Too... The fourth oh. being Dalinar? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of those yeah, four, yes. we're going to lose one. Yes, we are. Yeah, I would yes. say. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. I know who I would prefer to die. Who? Dalinar. Yeah, Dalinar. Yeah. Dalinar is a great character. I can't even. And I'm gonna leave it at that. I mean, (laughs) that's that's why back five. Kaladin's gonna be the new Dalinar figure in the Radiance. So like, it it Mm. does it does fit pretty well. It does. Yeah, I mean, Dalnar could be removed as a main character and still rampages around as fused. So, yeah, it's always possible. In terms of relationships, just to continue the ASK discussion, but instead looking at like the Kaladin Shalon side of things, like of course Oathbringer was the love triangle where Shalon made her choice and went with Adolin and not uh, Kaladin. And but I really liked in Rhythm of War that the friendship between them seems to have really built up and 
there like at least in the the tavern scene i didn't get any overtones of romance or romantic feelings from either of them True. they were just friends and mm-hmm. they were like good friends and close friends that could hang out together and support each other just by sitting there with each other and yeah. that was just very nice to see because uh, another thing that's often lacking in media and also Brandon's books as well is just male female friendships without it yeah. being a relationship. Yeah. So I really I really want to see them all together again as well because I want to see more of that friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One one last ship uh Moash. Um I don't I mean it wouldn't be a healthy relationship, that's for no. sure, and no one would say that it would. But I'm interested mm. to see where they go next. I know there's a lot of discourse at the moment around Moash and the story of uh, the lower class and upper class and um, just class relations in general, and a lot of it ties in to Moash Kaladin as well and how, like, what they bonded over was the fact that they both went through really terrible times because they were dark eyes, because they were of the lower class compared to the people around them. And then how their stories went in different directions, even though they started at a similar point. But I, I've seen a lot around recently and there's some very good posts out there going through it much better than i could ever explain it um about why they do work together whether it's like in canon and how like their stories are going to continue progressing right or other things that could be explored and uh like potential like redemption and uh forgiveness arcs that could be there between them mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think i will say that i'm pretty certain that if moash does not make it to the next book he will not die at calden's hand like i don't think calden has that interest in that sort of vengeance yeah i i don't think calden would be capable of that like tying back into the Lyran discussion like i do think calden does have his limits as well mm-hmm. and killing moash would be past his limits. Mm, I think I think it's far more likely he'll bring him back from the point he's at now. Like Moash trying to convert Kaladin all of Rhythm of War, and then in the next book, Kaladin bringing Moash onto the back onto their side would be a very good way of kind of uh, reversing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, difficult to do, but would Brandon can do it yeah. if he yeah. wants to focus on it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see. No one knows what's going to happen to Moash. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we really don't. <laughs> no. And I feel like there has to be something in the next book, right? Like, Bradman mm. has set Moash up as the foil to Kaladin, and there needs to be something that comes to head in the next book. Yeah. It's just which direction Brandon wants to go with it, and the relationship that he wants the, those two characters to have in canon, and where it ends up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it... it it has to come to a head. There has to be some sort of resolution in the next book, for sure. So, looking towards the future, we talked about some future stuff, like uh, the, the Fifth Oath, but if Kaladin gets with someone, who do we think he would get with, canonically? Tara. This is, this is tough. 
Tara? She's still an yeah, Earth hero. Like I, I agree. Is, I think she's an Earth hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I feel like the foreshadowing for Tara is there. Yeah. Uh, he should end up with Leshwi. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> he should end up with Leshwi. I think it's probably going to be Tara. Yeah. Him and Tara, they broke up because of the circumstances they were in. They're not in those circumstances anymore. Uh, you know. it's, ju- it's just tricky because we don't really see a lot of what their relationship was like. Like, when it was good. We, we don't see yeah. any of that. We literally have one scene and it's their breakup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think that there was an aspect of their breakup and their relationship and Tara's decision to go to Morn's vault that was similar to Khaled and, and Lynn, mm. where it's what she needed to do because there was only so much that she could put into the relationship. Because they talk about how like Khaled was so hyper-focused after Tien's death and like she was the one who pulled him out of that but that's also a lot and it might have just hit the point where she couldn't continue doing that or continue putting Kaladin before herself so constantly mm-hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was I was a little sarcastic when I said Tara just because I kind of don't know the answer uh, right but yeah I I will say that I think my current belief is that we will not see a major romantic arc with Calden in book five and that we might see mm. the seeds. If Calden survives, we'll see the seeds of something potentially Tara if she's actually in her ethereal. And then in like 15, we'll do the jump and in 15 years, Calden will be in a stable relationship and we just probably won't experience most of that. But there's just not enough time. We have to yeah. find Bao to Mishram. There's no time for a 10 day <laughs> romance. Yeah, I, I agree with that, yeah. I think the other canonical option that is there is Laurel, because she's now at Erethiru, and Roshan's Roshan dead. is dead, <laughs> and they did have, th- that was also, like, seeded when they were children, and I could see them reconnecting and coming back together. I personally just don't want Kaladin to end up in a romantic relationship. I would much mm. prefer him to just, like, have a bunch of friendships and... Because I think that's what he more needs than a romantic partner, at least now. But well, I, I could true. see Laurel. Yeah, I forgot about I that. I forgot about that. I, I don't like Laurel, just because I feel like him... He, he went back to Hearthstone, he went back to childhood, and he'd seen she moved on. And he's... So he moved... I feel like he's moved on, and like going back would be almost regressing to that kind of... The, the the person he was when he was a child kind of thing. Oh, kind of thing. You know, you know what I mean? If I really don't you, like it. If you had asked me before we got Oathbringer, Laurel probably would have been higher on my list. But yeah. once we got to see adult Laurel, it wasn't quite... She wasn't quite how I was expecting. Because yeah. she is very standoffish with Kaladin. Like, and, and so there aren't the warm feelings that I would I, I was expecting, so now it kind of soured me on that potential mm. relationship. It, even if they don't get together, I really want to see them interact some more. Like, even yeah. if it's not... I don't know if it'd be romantic, because it's like it does seem like they kind of got past it, but I would like to see them interact. It's you like, know? I I wanted to see Laurel interact with 
Shalon and Adolin as mm. this I was his friend <laughs> as a kid. It's like you're friends with him as an adult and the things she knows that they don't. Because like she knew him when he had Tien. They didn't. Mm. And, like, yeah. I don't know if they know about Tien. I don't know how much he's shared. Mm, like, good point. I definitely That's imagined true. a scene where it's like she had like some offhand reference to Tien and they they're like, who is that? Hmm. And I thought he told Shalon about TM in that the castle. Probably did, and I just blocked it out of my memory because I had this <laughs> yeah. fond idea for it. That's fond idea but for it. Adeline, I have no idea. I would like to believe that he has uh, referenced I his brother so. to Adeline. Mm-hmm. He told him after the rock. I feel like yeah. I, I feel like he probably has. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked Laurel and Oathbringer, actually. I kind of liked that she was like, oh, were you going to come back and save me? Like, sorry, I was doing my yeah. own thing. Yeah, uh, I did really like yeah, that. She's great how she is. It's yeah. just not mm-hmm. what I was anticipating. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I, I loved her. Uh, even in Rhythm of War, I was like, I want to see more of her, yeah. even if she's mm-hmm. just interacting with other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And upon reading Way of Kings, who would have guessed that Kaladin ends up as the adopted father of Rashon's children in the future, potentially. I think if you got that. Like, that's a pretty <laughs> wild twist right there. That would be pretty funny. Does she... She doesn't have children currently, does she? Has she? A, she has no. twins. She has two twins. quiet wow. twins. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. I missed that bit. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's a blink and you miss it line. Yeah. Not, never She's, really referenced, but... Yeah. Yeah, she has kids. I do agree. I don't think we'll see a lot of this in book five because there's just not going to be time. Uh, like if if we're getting any, I mean, Brandon said Renarn and Relaine, he's going to get it in the next book. I don't think we're going to have time for anything else. Any new uh, romances. Yeah. But. It depends you, you how are... Brandon does the next book, though, because yeah. he's talked about like we know the 10 days, but it's the question of is that the whole book? Right. Or is that part of the book? But really, we do need to ship Kaladin with friendship, really. Like, he, he does need that, because he, he's probably better in a relationship uh, after Rhythm of War. I don't know if he's good or, like, ready for a romantic relationship, but it's definitely an improvement. Mm-hmm. But we, he, he, do, he, needs, he needs friends. He needs yeah. friends. Yeah. He very much does. It needs that support network, yeah. you know? It needs a support network to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Well, he has that. He just needs to use them. So yeah, he to use them, yeah. On screen. Like, if he can connect more with, like, the other members of Bridge 4 as well, like, they're his friends, mm. but there's still this gulf between them because of the mm. way they see him, and then it always, particularly after everything that happens with Moash, and Moash was kind of his closest friend that saw him on the same level, it always does feel like Kaladin holds a lot of the other people at arm's length as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are these are my friends, but they're also the people that I command. Uh, but if he steps back from the commanding role, then God damn it, Kaladin, just like be friends with your friends. <laughs> and maybe the fact that he has stopped feeling like he has that responsibility to protect them will also help with that and that he's like you know what i'm not because you can't help but see yourself in a superior way if you are the protector. trying if, if you're the protector yeah you know yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. But he almost skips Gar's wedding, so he needs to be a better friend to them too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can confirm that he should he should do that. Do do we have any other uh predictions for the future? Uh I think it's real hard to see exactly how Kaladin's character will go in the next book because he progressed so much in this one. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see that much more progression from him in the next book, except probably the fifth oath. But I think at this point, we're, we're going to kind of like coast on the point that Kaladin's at over the next book. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like there, there is, as helped by the death of Jezrean, the fact that presumably there's going to be a new winner Herald. I'll just throw it out there. And I could see it being Kaladin. But I also just don't think that him being tortured on Brace is going to be like where I see like I just I'm like, I don't really that's not going to help anything. Well, so, oh, yeah. And even like, I mean, it would solve the issue about, uh, man, we had the character arc where the mental health was fixed. It's like, let's get tortured on Brace. Let's get some new problems here and uh, yeah. uh, emotional see, suffering. Like, <laughs> See, Kaladin's already gone through that, so I'm sure he would be a pro on knowing how to uh, navigate Braze at this point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oof. Sorry, that was real dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, I mean, it is plausible, <sighs> though. Uh, but it, that that... The people who did not like Rhythm of War would probably not like that plot line of, hey, what if we get uh, torture Kaladin for a long time? Brutally. It's like, eh, oof. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, it's hard to say. Beyond the, beyond the predictions that I have made, I can't, it's so hard to say what's going to happen next book. You know, just because we don't know whether the the champions is going to be the, the final part, part five, or whether yeah. it's going to be well, like it's part, three part or one. A part three, you know, yeah, and I think it's gonna be part one, but no, mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's it's so hard to predict the next book. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I think it's gonna be mostly mostly the whole book will be the ten days because Brandon made a comment about having made his timeline stuff tricky by stuff he set up in book four. And I'm oh like, yeah, mm. when he was talking, uh, this is right at Rhythm of War's release where like. Karen wanted an additional day and Brandon was like, no, I do not want an additional day. And then Karen went through the timeline and Brandon's like, oh, maybe we should give you an additional day. Ah, <laughs> uh, because the end of Rhythm of War is crazy timeline wise. Mm, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I do think most of the book's going to be the contest of champions. Days. And I, I, I could imagine that like part five of the book kind of like way of kings part five is not Mm -hmm. really the climax it's really an extended epilogue in a sense yeah and i feel like this book would have a even larger extended epilogue given that it's closing things up and so i could see that yeah it's just we know book five is going to be closer to words of radiance and oathbringer where the trilogy is broken up by parts rather than Way of Kings and Rhythm of War, yes, where they were right. different plotting structure. That's right. It's more the words so it's, style. So it's like there's two parts that are a book, and then one part that is a book. Yeah, two yeah. two parts that are two books. Yeah, and then a book, and then a book. I think so everyone's like, like, where. Where is the singular book? Is yeah, it part one, part three, or part five? Oh yeah. 
I'm really excited though. I'm really excited. I'm I'm really excited yeah. for Lost Metal as well. But I'm like when you start talking about Stormlife, I was like, that's gonna be crazy. Yeah. I think it's gonna be my fave. I don't think it's going to end well for some people, but oh man, I, I'm ready to love that book. Which maybe like, is not is, a good place for the, me. This is the biggest ending Brandon's ever written. Yeah. yeah. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> it's okay. He's got Lost Metal uh, first to like get exactly. back into the mindset of, of doing ending the ending of, a, mm-hmm. yeah. ending of a series. It's been a while. I have and, um, um, Skyward 5 for Skyward four. 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 <laughs> yeah. Better not be a Skyward five. <laughs> <laughs> Stop adding books, man. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he'll, he he has a big string of endings, so let's hope it goes well. Mm. Hopefully. All right. Well, we have been blabbing a bunch, so I think it's time for who's that Cosmere character. Character is from Roshar. Menace. Tia Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere Character? Call. Well, welcome to Who's That Cosmic Character, the game show where you, the listeners, send in five clues and a character to WTCC at 17shard.com, and then I read out the clues one at a time with these guys guessing at each clue, and if they get it, they get the character right, then they win, and if they don't, then they suck. So, this entry was sent in, uh, and uh, they opened the email with, Hi guys, uh, I'm Dennis, just to clarify, I'm Spanish. Um, so I don't know which one. Which one is it? Uh, you know, are you Dennis or are you Spanish? Um, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. The first clue is this character is dead. Tian. Not Tian. Oh my character guess. I know. Denth. It's not Denth. Oh okay. Rays. It's not Rays. I don't. I know this character has a name. Is it the uh, honor's friend that was part of Ishar's experiment that is just super dead? <laughs> it is unfortunately not the honor's friend. Who? Why, would we? Would we have their name? Do we have their yeah. name? The storm father, the storm like, father. name. Oh, goes oh, oh, that's this so honor's friend. Oh, it has a V in it, I think. Oh, yeah, I yeah. totally forgot I'm that. Gonna look it up after. Okay. <laughs> Clue number two, we do not see any direct interaction between this character and any other while they're alive. Tanavast. Not Tanavast. Is it the guy Hoyd uses as a boat in uh, Secret History? <laughs> not the guy that Hoyd uses as a boat <laughs> in Secret History. He talks back uh, to Hoyd. McBoatface. You know. Bodie McBoatface, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, but Can we you? don't see him interact while he's alive. Oh, mm-hmm. fine. Can you reread that second clue? Uh, we do not see any direct interaction between this character and any other while they are alive. Maya. Not Maya. I like, I like where your brain went, though. Yeah. My brain actually went to Testament, but I'm pretty sure Shalon directly interacts with Testament before yeah. uh, mm. the bond is broken. Because oh. she yells at Testament, at least. We, we, yeah, we yeah. see the flashback of her doing that, yeah. So I think mm-hmm. that would not satisfy. I was gonna guess that now I have no now I don't have that guess. Okay. <laughs> I thought Tanavast was a really good guess. I'm gonna be I gotta be real here. We have not seen them interact with anyone personally when they were alive. I guess we'll yeah. just do some dead shards. Like what about Aona? 
It's not Anna. <laughs> I mean, it's good point. <laughs> it, it, it's like playing Hangman where you're like, okay, let's go through all the vowels and get them out of the yeah. way. Get through the shards. Clue number three. This character's notebook is a very important item. And it's not clock. Oh, Alendi? It's not Alendi. Oh. Oh. <laughs> It's not Rashek. No. It's not Rashek's notebook. Why did I say that? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, curses. He has a notebook. That really cuts down the it amount really of It really does. And is dead. Yeah, I feel like Ian's going to get it like. Damn it. Why is it not a Lendy? That's some BS right there. Thank you for guessing that because I was No, I had to guess it quick before you could. Daris uh, has a notebook, but she's very interactive. Very alive. And very alive. Yeah, very alive. Ah. Um. Shalon's alive. Navani's alive. I know. They have notebooks. Yeah. Uh huh. Thinking Yasna. of just like copper mine pages. It's like, uh, yeah, Yasna's alive. Thought dead for a bit. But what's the last clue? Uh, this character's notebook is very important to them. To, to them. them. To the character. Yes. Oh. Did I miss that bit out first time I said it? No, no maybe I just didn't focus. comprehend yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Alendi's notebook is like super important to Alendi personally. Uh. I like to think most people's notebooks are pretty important to them. That's why they're keeping a notebook, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it wasn't his times tables; it was his diary. He probably cared about yeah. it a little bit. Hey, yeah. that, Brandon just didn't have the courage to show the times tables as epigraphs. Okay. <laughs> I'm no, just imagine Rashek being like, "Dear diary, <laughs> is it? I hate Alendi." <laughs> I hate Alendi. I hate Alendi. Yeah. <laughs> Is it uh, uh, Wendenfell, the steel runner that Palm uh, not pretends to be? Wendenfell, the steel runner from. Okay. That is a self. self. That, yeah. that, is that who you were gonna get? No, but by Dashway. By Dashway. Okay, yeah. Is yeah. the name of that, the character. Yeah, Waxy grandma is Rax's grandmother. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I meant the dead steel runner. Uh-oh. It's not the dead steel runner. Okay. I know. Uh, the technically, we do see interact with other people. In I know the answer. I think. Dance. Oh, you do. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's debatable. Ian, have no, you gone always see her you? in Bands of Morning prologue? Oh, but well, see, I'm still on my shadows of self read, so I don't remember that. <laughs> oh wait, is the the one of the in? Sorry, we see the yeah. steel runner in the. I, I just oh, read specifically the... in the bands of morning prologue. Yeah. I never, I never put that together. That yeah, no, it person. is actually her, which is kind of depressing when you just think, oh mm-hmm. yeah, she totally oh, yeah. got murdered. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I liked her as well. Oh. Yeah. I am. Sucks for her. I'm like ready for the next clue. I mean, unless it breaks my idea, but I think I, I got I it. I can't wait for your heart to just be broken by the next clue. David. Yeah, yeah. Watch my face sink. <laughs> I'm going to guess Quan because I don't really have another guess. It's, it's not Quan. And to to put David out of his misery, I'm going to give you the next clue, which I'm pretty sure is going to give it away. Clue number four. This character has at least one animal companion. I don't know. <laughs> oh, is it um first of the sky? It I is think? first of the sky. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm hopeless on this. I don't know. Six of the dusk. Um, 
trapper they find in Sixth of the Dust. Damn it. They find his notebook. You're right. I was gonna I was gonna guess just for posterity's sake, my guess was going to be Replar Innate, who I believe had a notebook full of information about his secret. Like, oh, yeah, nice. And done. we did not see him at all when he was alive. That's nice. That is true. true. That is it's, true. He, yeah. He's palmed the entire book. Mm, also, spoilers yeah. I, for Shadows of Self in this particular. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He's palmed the entire the book. The entire time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But literally the entire book. No, no, no. He's literally palmed the entire book. But I kept track when I did my other people at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. How does that work? Same time. Not Not quite at the same time. Uh, I I will explain. I I did careful notes of Palm and who she was in my entire reread of Shadows. So I think I know. I think there's only one part that I'm confused about. Zobel Tower is weird. Yeah, Zobel Tower is weird. It's, that's the part it's because that's weird. The, set, the set guy throws him off. He's following the wrong person, but she's there as the governor. Yeah, I guess. Like I've just <laughs> gotten past the bit where I guess she must have just really quick changed and like hidden the bones or something, and then you, you I guess Brim like must immediate. have been in on it the whole time. So she, I'm just we got to remind that he is in on it the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is on okay. it the whole time which is yeah crazy. it I'm is like, crazy what? like how did she get the like oh yeah i'm his gar- <laughs> i think we I'm talked about this actually- on a stream that i'm like how drim get yeah. in on this this is not related to anything but but yeah she she <laughs> yeah because i remember that she was innate it's just like yeah the bit that i've just gotten past like wax has gone and like found her in a window but wade is actively guarding him at yeah, the no, uh, the reason why is... Palm knows the access codes is because Wax told Palm the access codes <laughs> in the first scene. If I remember, Wayne is protecting him as he's like practicing his speech in the other room, and he's like specifically like, no one's uh, allowed in the room whilst I'm practicing yeah, my speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And Wayne yeah. figures it out. That the, yeah. the accent was slightly wrong at one point, yeah. And then. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. uh, spoilers for Shadows of Self. This is that guy's character. Especially number five. So. Oh. Yeah. Uh, clue number five was this character died next to a tree, which is a great clue number five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm, I wouldn't, I, this character is not memorable to me. So they're, they're dead. I would to me. not have remembered nope. this. Yeah. Um, did, I did only, even though I'm rereading Shadows of Self. No, no, no. This was first of a son. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just confused as to where we're at. Uh, what are you going to say, Ian? I almost guessed the random one above who died and left the mm. book so that they could start investigating the, the technology. Mm. I'm like, I, that, that character doesn't have a name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not confident Eric has read Sex of the Desk, so. No, I did one. once. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so if, if if it's a character there, I'm like, I don't know, is it Dusk? Is it Vathy? If not, I, I don't I don't it, or Patchy. I remember Patchy. But other than that, I have no idea who what any character is. Cool. Cool. Nice. I've got I've got character number two. <laughs> they open their ear with, Hi, my name is Nico and I'm new. Which one is it? Are you Nico or are you new? <laughs> <laughs> wow, the joke was even better the second time, Ben. <laughs> so, uh, this one uh, was clue number one. Uh, this character is deeply religious. What does it mean to be deeply religious? What does it mean to be deeply like, religious? If you're a god, are you deeply religious? I would probably say no. 
to that. Light I, song. I feel like if you're well, no, at least for both religions, you have to have faith to be religious. But Navani. It's not Navani. Oh, I can't really comment on this discussion, otherwise I'll give things away. Is well, it why don't you comment Fafin? on it? <laughs> Say that again? Is it Fafin? It's not Fafin. Oh, Fafin. Oh, yeah. Fafin around. Yeah. Fafin around. Oh, it's Fafin around. <laughs> it wasn't me that time. Every time, every time, Fafin's every, every time, up, we, we literally <laughs> make this joke every single time. Uh, I have a good next guess. Father Omen. It's, mm. Say again. Father Omen from Elantris. No, he's, he's the he's uh, the head of the chapel in K. Oh, uh, okay. And I'm not going to pronounce any of the aeons. Aeon, <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> Uh, clue number two this character has no known powers oh that's that i'm gonna get both helpful and not helpful yeah i'm gonna guess i actually think i'm gonna say his name wrong because i'm now questioning that this is his name uh Sanolin, the patriarch of the karathi church who comes oh, to visit Sinalon? the Elantris. yeah uh, yeah something like not Sanolin, Sanolin, the patron of the karathi church is yeah. it king iodon Iodon. <laughs> it is not King Iodon. We're just like, it's Cell. Watch it be an Emperor's Soul character. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Iodon is deeply religious. It's the Jesker mysteries that involve human sacrifice, but he's still the religion. Religion. Yeah, yeah. still religion. Still religion, you know. I'm going to continue on with my Era 2 guesses and go Steris. Mm. It is mm-hmm. not Steris. Okay, so clue number three. This character is married. That rules out what I was going to guess. Is married? That is what the clue says. <laughs> so if, if your spouse not the- is dead, are you still married? I would say... Oh, I'd actually, say people- no. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Depends on the person. Uh, yeah. It depends. Yeah. Are we taking a copper mind look at this when we're outside of time, or are we looking at it within linear time? <laughs> Can't comment further without giving extra yeah, clues. Yeah, this I, character I is married, is what the clue says. I imagine all that means is when we see them, they are alive. Like, so if they were in era one, then they, I mean, would probably be dead in era two, but like that, that doesn't, that's not really relevant. Unless it's like, you know, Spook, who probably is still alive. Also, not the answer because. Yeah, I don't think he he's powers. religious, and he's got powers. But he was a religious figure himself. He was a survivor yes. of flames. <laughs> he was deep we in religion. Gods are not deeply religious, probably. <laughs> and but he believed in Kelsier. That's true. Yeah, that was I, my guess is going to be Silence Montaigne. It is not Silence Montaigne. I convinced myself, and I'm guessing Spook. <laughs> it's not Spook. <laughs> But he has powers. He's always had powers. He <laughs> before he snapped, Eric. But that that doesn't mean anything. I just like the he, idea. He doesn't have powers. He has allomancy. Thank you. 
What? It's a science. Dude, no, no, what? no, 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 no. It's just science. No, get out of here. It's not a power. It's not magic. It's just science on Scadrial, you know. <laughs> it's an ability and or attribute. <laughs> Religious, married, and unpowered. I feel like that should be a large set of people, but, uh. I keep thinking of people for the first two clues, but then it's the is married. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. All these people are not married in my head. And King Dedalin's wife died. It's deeply religious. It wasn't it's deeply religious. Your daughter religious? Yeah. Is it serene? It's not hmm? serene. But those alls would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm totally like, I have no idea. I gotta, I gotta like come up with a guess. Uh, I'm gonna guess Evie, I guess. Down it's not Evie. Clue number four. This character is canonically female. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean... Oh, that won't work. Is married. I don't know what canonically female means. Like that's uh, what I think they're just I feel like it's weird. just trying to like you... circumvent the like is female yeah, yeah. in this case. Because mm. it's not like Brandon's books have a lot of trans people in it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. It's being a chondra a power. Oh no, but Palm has other powers. <laughs> I, I would Palm. say being a chondra is a power. Yeah. <laughs> More back to shadows of self. <laughs> I don't remember her name, but is it, but is it the a lethy singer that Venley, like in like vet that Venley is training, that is married to her husband, because Venley is all very weird. It's like they're not once mates; they're actually married, and that's a like, weird human thing. Is it Mazish? Something like that. I don't remember the name. Yeah, I don't mm. either. Yeah, neither do I. But it's not them. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is it Yoxa, the tailor it's from Colina? It's not. Good guess. Damn it. <sighs> I think I got a pass. I have I have just no idea. I'm struggling too. Yeah. I'm gonna guess Bobadin because Bobadin. Why not? Bobadin can be yeah. anything. Bobadin can be can <laughs> have no powers. Doesn't a shard have powers? Not if you create an a avatar with no powers. powers. But an avatar. Mm, yeah, <laughs> their body they inhabit power the way we inhabit a body, Eric. I mean, mm -hmm. okay. Do you have uh, a body? Like, clears anything up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a body or are you a body? It's good. Clue number five. Oh, this character is from Taldane. Oh, I'm just gonna, like, I'm passing. Oh, is it ice? ice. It is ice. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The track, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah. That, the, the canonically... Canonically the, female. The canonically oh, female thing now makes yeah, sense. Yeah, 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 Because in prose, ice was male, but now in yes. the canonical oh, version. Okay, okay, female. so that, that okay, was that not a sense. trick clue. I like that. that was not a trick clue, so I really actually appreciate that. But that mm -hmm. when yes. you get that without knowing the answer, like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it's like, I like oh, this no. one because yeah. I... For me, white sand characters are always a royal dice because I've not read it, so I, can't, I don't know if any of these clues are true or not. No, I no, no, all those are true. Are. All those are true. Yeah, no, all those, all those clues are true. Yeah. You could yeah. read the Wikipedia, not the Wikipedia article, the Copper Mine article. <laughs> yeah. I did, I did flick through it and it vaguely looked true. 
So. Yeah, no, no, it is true. It is true. Yeah. Uh, and Those articles are pretty well done. King of Head has went through and yep. did pretty much all the White Sand articles, which really appreciated because, you know, graphic novels are not fun to oh, update on the top of mind. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You can't, you can't just put it in an ebook and just word search it easily. Like, oh, yeah. it's the worst. Cool. Well, this was a really good episode talking about Calvin. Shockingly, he's a main character and we had a lot to talk about and we, we, we could have gone longer. But, you know, the show must end at some point. Um, what do you mean? The show must go on. The no. show must end because we have d d <laughs> Yeah. And, and that's where the show will go on uh, quite dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but you guys won't see that because uh, that's their personal yeah. D&D session. We will see you uh, on 17chart.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. Uh, you can subscribe on YouTube, leave us a review on iTunes, and on Patreon. This will be coming out quite a bit later than when we're recording this, so uh, I'm embarrassed that uh, if you are one of our $10 Patreon tiers, I have not sent out the Who's That Cosmic Character priority queue, and it's all my fault, but this will be the last episode that will not have priority who's that cosmic character so uh you can go check out our patreon we have new tiers uh and stuff uh so you can check that out if you want and yeah so we will see you all next time bye 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 peace call